Welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 143, brought to you by Freshly. 143. 143. My Crazy. name is John Morgan. Cole Coffee is with me. It is a rare off week in the world of mixed martial arts, and that means we're chilling at home in Las Vegas, my friends. Good mm. to see you again. It I feel is like good. it's been a while, right? It does feel weird, right? I feel like I, I still hear your voice even when I don't see you, but yeah, to, to, to have you actually across the table. You know, it is good. It is good. It's good to be here in Vegas. You know, it's much warmer, even though it say, is. finally thawing out a little bit. I, from I have. It is, you know, granted, it's it's been a little chillier today. Like, mm. uh, you know, with that wind going, we've had crazy wind here in Vegas. And it's uh, it's getting a little bit cooler as well. So it's uh, it definitely uh, has been a bit cooler. But uh, nothing like Winnipeg, man. That was, that was some craziness. Right now, I think in Winnipeg, it got even colder uh, since when I was up there. And it's crazy, you know, you try to do the uh, Celsius to, to Fahrenheit because everything, my phone will tell me what the degrees were in Fahrenheit, you know, but I know it sounds a lot colder up there when I looked in the, the actual Celsius and stuff. Like right now in Winnipeg, it is one degrees Fahrenheit minus 17 oh. Celsius. But I knew this week it was going to get colder. So as much as I was up there like saying, oh, this is – this is kind of cold. I knew it was going to get worse, so I didn't try to complain up there and tried to act like I still had some of that Ohio weather skin in me. You know, that only goes so far. <laughs> then you go outside. The worst part was carrying gear down the street because all the sidewalks were just covered, and there was, like, snow and then, the, like, salt and the, and the sleet, and I, I wanted to drag my, my bag. Mm. You know, my camera, the, the case, is probably, I don't know, 40, 40-ish. It feels like 40-ish or so pounds, you know. And uh, not being the strongest person. And even then, you pick it up. It's one thing when you can just do it. But when you're carrying it, you know, like half a mile, a mile down the street, you're just like, oh, this sucks, you know. And so I wanted to put on the sidewalk, but there was just like all that salt and stuff. And then you're like, oh, I don't want to drag my my case through that. So then it was like, all right, switch arm, walk, walk, walk. Okay, switch arm, walk, walk, walk. And that's while still having like the the 50-pound rucksack of the other gear and then having the tripod. It sucked, <laughs> but it was still. It was and only on top of was, that. You're miserably cold, and it was cold, you know. But it was like it was so close that you know I couldn't do like a cab or whatever and be like, "Hey, can you take me like a mile down the street?" Just, just right just there. Right See, that, down see that, there. that building on the right down there? <laughs> just that one. So, uh, but it uh, it was it was it was fun. It's cold, but uh, you know uh, I definitely have thawed, and it does feel good to be back here in uh, in Vegas. Well, you didn't get to join in the uh, and a half festivities, of course, because you were working into the wee hours of the night uh but i did want to ask you i mean other than the cold weather which i think was definitely the theme of the week i mean was there was there anything else that stood out to you in winnipeg you know from behind the scenes just you know interaction with a fighter or uh just anything that you left with you're like man that's that's gonna stand out to me you know that's a good question um i you know uh you know thinking back on it you know even like glover i had a good feeling you know glover's always Mm -hmm. been one that's always been really really good to us um, it's always personal. Even for when I worked with the UFC, it was always great. At, you know, I'd say, hey, you know, Glover, can you, can you, you know, shadow box for me? Can I do an interview here? And he's always been so gracious. And, you know, and it was good to see him with a really, really good performance because, you know, ultimately I, I feel like I, you see a guy that you know is not going to be there forever. He's not right. going to be there for getting up there. for that long. But he's also a guy that's fighting at such a high level. And you, to hear this guy, you know, sort of talk about – not that he's tired of getting the questions about when he's going to stop. When he, you know, I mean, it's understandable, and he understands that as well. 
But he's also was like, you know, hey guys, but look, look what I'm doing. It'd be one thing if I was just going out there and and just sort of grinding through fights and not really putting on good performances. But he's going out there still looking really good and dangerous. You know, mm -hmm. um, I know he wants to make that run for the top. Um, I don't know. I just don't know if if he has it anymore still to to take the belt. But in terms of just really liking a guy, I absolutely. Uh, I adore Glover. I think he's just. I, I think it's just for the fact that he's so good to work with. So seeing him backstage was fun because I know he's always a guy that's willing to do whatever. And uh, you know, as I don't know, as unbiased as we should be, it's it's hard to not have you know feelings when you know you like a person. You know, so you you feel good for somebody. And I don't want his days of fighting to end. You know, anytime soon. So it was good for me. I was glad to see him. You know, it was like seeing. An old friend, not that I would say that we're actually friends or anything, but we're, we're certainly friendly, you know, but it was always good to, to see him. So it was good to see him. Um, it's funny, as you, as you talk about that, and I'm, I'm Googling real quick to see if I can find it, and I, and I don't know if I can find it, but you talk about the kind of guy that Glover Teixeira is. I remember the, the, the story that stands out to me. Of all the interviews and all the, you know, mm -hmm. fights and everything like that, we were doing uh, a community project in Brazil, and I, can't, I was trying to remember what the event was, what the city was. Yeah. But the community project was the UFC was going to this park, and they were helping plant trees. You know, this was like a, a you know a community was awareness I there type as well? thing. I can't remember. I feel like I was there. I, I remember been. doing a, a tree planting. It somewhere. definitely would have been before you were working with. Yeah, us. I was going to so say I would have been with the UFC at that time. We might have both been there, but I remember. I just remember how cool it was because, you know, it's just this community project, yeah. and sometimes those things are hit or miss. I mean, sometimes yeah. they're really fun. Sometimes they're not that well organized. Um, but this was a really good one, and, and I'll tell you what made it really good. First of all, it was cool because, I mean, they're literally doing something. You know, it's cool when you go teach a lesson right. or something like that, but when you're doing something that you can see, that you can feel, you know what I mean? They're giving back to the community by planting these trees and helping, you know, reclaim this, you know, forest area or whatever. Anyway, but it was so cool because – Glover Teixeira used to support himself by doing like landscaping, and so you know uh, okay. he knew. Not you know, it's not like some person going out there. That, like if you took me to go plant some trees in a community project, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm gonna look like an idiot. But he was down there like showing the kids like this is how you plant the soil, and this is how you pack it, and this is how you unwrap the tree, and this is how. And you know, it was so cool to see because not only is he such a kind guy and such a nice guy, but you know to see him like. Really, Coco Park there in you go. Fortaleza, Brazil. Fortaleza, Brazil. Yeah. Wow. That's a. Uh, I had to look it up because yeah, that was a. Uh, Damian Maya. I was there at that one. Damian Maya, Glover Teixeira, and Camilo. They did it twice that year. That's awesome. So yeah. yeah cool. Anyway, it's funny that story. It's weird how random stories come out to you, but that just shows the kind of guy. I thought I th that stuck out to me is what a cool guy to not only yeah. you know just be a part of this community, but to, you know you. And I will say this. I mean. I, I don't normally see USC fighters, like, checked out. Like, normally when they go to those things, they're pretty engaged. You know, they're trying to give back to the community or whatever. It's not like they're like, oh, God, I have to be here. Right. They're usually – but he was, like, that next level, man, down there on the ground, unwrapping the trees, packing the dirt. You know what you need to do. Oh, man, it was awesome. <laughs> and, you know, I remember talking to him. I was like, dude, that's so cool. And he was like, bro, I used to do that. He was like, that's how I supported myself. <laughs> I was like, well, it showed, man. You know, and you're right. It, it's interesting that, you know, I think the UFC guy, granted, I mean, this is the closest I've worked with a professional sport. I mean, I've done stuff with, like, college teams. But, uh, you know, so I guess the, the UFC is really my only frame of reference. You know, you see NBA guys go out there and do stuff, NFL guys, all the big major sports uh, organizations usually do some sort of, you know, 
philanthropy out there doing something, giving back to the community, yeah. you know, to make themselves feel better for making so much more money than everybody else. <laughs> but the UFC fighters um, that I was able to see while I worked for the UFC even after it always have embraced it so well and, you know, just uh, take it in stride and just kind of uh, – and I think that's also – it's a sign that, you know, why I think all of us like MMA and, and, the, and the people that practice it is the fact that they've always been kind of these everyday people, mm -hmm. you know, the you and me's, the – you know, the blue-collar guys that you used to getting their hands dirty and going in there. So when they're asked to do these sort of things, they, they take one for the team and they put on a good face for it. And you're right, you know, some people could probably go out there and just go through the motions, say, sorry, this is just an obligation to do it. But most of the times I've uh, I've covered one of these or when I, even when I was with the UFC before, seeing them do it, like, they really embrace that stuff. They like giving back because, I, I mean, I think they give – you know, it feels good. I mean, who doesn't like to feel good about actually going out and, and doing something? I mean, I know sometimes, you know, we all don't get enough time to maybe give back to the community. But when you find that time that you can do it, if you can find that moment in there to just be happy to give of yourself. Pretty cool. That's when it feels really good, you know. So that's why I think it's it's neat seeing these fighters, you know, kind of become, you know, that everyday person giving back, you know. Normally, like we're documenting those things, but like the yeah. one that stands out to me was in was in Seoul, South Korea, where you know you were you were documenting it, but I wasn't. Yeah. But, so I was just kind of there, uh, and and but being able to feed the troops, you know what I mean, on oh, Thanksgiving, yeah, 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 like, yeah. that was cool to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like normally, I'm I'm trying to film the stuff, whatever. There, I was just kind of there, and you know, kind of helping out and talking to people and stuff like that. So yeah. So I was just it was. It was cool. It's neat, man. I mean, the UFC. I mean, I'll give them. I'll give them credit on that. They they do try to reach out, and you know, especially I, I'm always happy when they reach out to a military organization. But they do try to give back, you know. So as much as, uh, you know, they catch a lot of flack. I mean, they're not perfect by any means, you know. But I do appreciate that they actually do attempt to try to. Uh, reach out to organizations and give back. So I, I want to see Glover and Jimmy Manoa. I do. I want to see that fight. I, well, I, he doesn't want to see that well, fight. <laughs> it sounds like he was definitely saying, number one, not in London, right? Like, that's too fast. Well, yeah. Or is he saying, I don't want it, period. Like, he thinks, well, he, gets, he, mean, thinks he, he deserves a title shot next. He thinks, yeah, he thinks it's a step back. It doesn't do any good for I him. I disagree. You know? He just lost. I mean, it's true. But, I mean, I guess in his mind – uh, Jimmy wasn't as close, maybe to the top that I he mean, feels just lost like too, taking so. uh, taking. Yeah, they both you know they yeah. both had you know it wasn't like they're on a streak, but I think he felt like he was closer up towards the top, and that fighting the guy that just lost isn't going to do him anything. But if he does, you know, or whatever, he's like, stop calling for that shit over there. Why don't you come to my neighborhood? You know, come to Connecticut, come to <laughs> wherever. <laughs> I know. I was that like, would be cool. I was like, why Connecticut? I'm like, am I missing something? You know? I was That's like, fun. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I mean. But he was he was very animated. I was surprised how uh, sort of worked up he he seemed to get because you don't see him like that. You I know, think, I mean, I think it would be a good match. I mean, Jimmy's you know a younger guy, probably a little bit faster. I mean, I get. I mean, I do get what he's saying. I mean, I, trust me, I do get. It. Like Jimmy is just coming off that loss to Volkan Ozdemir, and that was a quick, you know, a quick loss. You yeah. lose inside of a minute, you lose a lot of momentum. But stylistically, for the fans, I mean, that's two fighters that are you know that are right there in the mix and the title fight's already set for February yeah. I don't think to me like if you if you did Glover versus the winner of DC owes to me I'm not saying it wouldn't sell I'm not saying it would be okay but it's not like oh hell yeah that's the number one contender you know yeah. what I mean where I feel like if Glover went in there and beat Jimmy Manoa yeah at least that's more of like uh because right now it's I mean that's why Vulcan's where he is because yeah. everybody else is kind of a step behind and there's nobody yeah. clearly at the top of that second level I feel like that would be a good fight. I mean, if he doesn't want to go to London and do it in March, especially because I think that's a fight pass card. You know, if he doesn't want to do that, I can understand. 
but that doesn't mean you couldn't do it. So I do feel yeah. like that's a good fight. I think it is, it and is. it's not a bad fight yeah. for Glover because Jimmy's Jimmy's going to be faster. He's younger. He's he's a little bit quicker. But just like against uh, uh, Serkinov here, Glover showed that look, I'm not only a striker. Yeah, I'll stand yeah. and bang. But if I get you on the ground, if you are in trouble, dude. He was slick, man. That was I was so impressed at how quickly he transitioned to the back. I mean, he did not look. I forget how how was he 38 30. 38. He did not move on the ground like a 38-year-old yep. dude. He was so slick and so smooth. So, yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, there pose a lot of dangers for Jimmy. And, you know, it does it does help the fact that he did just recently lose to the guy that's now fighting for the belt, right. you know. Um, but I don't know. Maybe Glover changed his mind. I mean, I think some of those big international cards, I mean, he knows that he'd be coming in and probably be the bad guy, which nobody wants to be the bad guy. Glover can't be the bad guy. I know he guy. can't be, right? <laughs> but still, he's coming in, he's fighting a hometown dude or, you know, or a local guy, guy of the country or whatever. Yeah. So We're like, we don't uh, hate the guy. We just don't like him because he's <laughs> not from here. But he's really nice. But he's really, really nice. I want to – I'm just going to boom softly. <laughs> boo, boo, Glover. Boo. Oh, that's funny. But uh, you're right. That would be a good one. But uh, to Glover, uh, to go back to your question, which yeah. is really, really long, but – Glover was definitely uh, one of the ones that, uh, in the back, you know, it was a, it was small coverage. You know, you saw uh, the picture when I responded to the, the guy that was, you know, kind of playfully talking about not having anything behind Saying the scenes. Saying that the MMA Roadshow is like being behind the scenes, except last except week. Except for the last of it. Because <laughs> um, I was like, well, I'm just sitting at like, home. That's all I got. Nobody was back there. I could have put another picture out that actually had like the, the three of us that were sitting at the table side. It was myself, uh, Sandu, and uh, Casey from MMA Fighting. That was it in the back. So the only other time wow, there was anybody no there. no local media at all, just traveling yeah. media. There was like uh, somebody came back once uh, for uh, one of the Canadians or somebody at the beginning. The guy came back for a minute right. and left. But no, there was like pretty much for the most part there wasn't any local. During the week there was uh, a couple local crews uh, that came to like the media day. But, I mean, they were just mainly just doing their regular glass, you know, just sort of glossing over yeah. the whole thing. You know, we were going to, you know, I joked about how, um, or maybe I didn't joke on the show, but whatever, but uh, about nobody wanted to initially start with, like, uh, Lawler because you never know what you're going to get at first. Everybody's like, all right, somebody warm up first because at first we had set our sticks up right in front. And we're like, all right, we're going to do Lawler, then we'll just go down the line. And glad that I end up moving because if it was like me and you, we would have been waiting because everybody else came. So I was like, the more I thought about it, I was like, fuck it, maybe we'll go over here just in case. We'll grab this person. We'll let somebody else, yeah, you know, up warm them up a little bit. And where we were set up, there was also like a local camera guy that was right there. And I could tell he was just going to try to shoot over the shoulder, get some sound bites, but not actually uh, interact. And so when I moved, I just kind of, you know, calmly was like, Hey, bro, you can kind of warm him up. You know, we're going to grab this guy first. He's like, oh, well, you know, I am i don't really need to, like, you know, interview per se. I'm just getting, like, some sound. So he took his sticks and he moved over to the next guy. So he wasn't even going to do it. He's just following whoever, you know. That's so great. But it was kind of funny. But, uh, yeah, the coverage was uh, it was not, uh, wow, man, it was it, not a big. Attendance wasn't great. Coverage wasn't great. And it was a good card. I thought it was a good card. I don't know if it's just, you know, because it was so damn cold or just not a good time in the city or what the hell it was. It could have been. It could have been. You know, I, I thought more Canadians would have made the venture, uh, you know, with it being sort of in the middle of the country. It, you know, it's not far from the, the east side. It's not far from the, you know, the west side for people to come in there, but for some reason. But, I mean, I think a lot of them, too, uh, 
even Canadians, which gets typically a lot colder weather than we get here, mm-hmm. the butt of the joke, you know, like winter peg or whatever, like they realize it's cold too. So I think even they were just like, bro, it's really cold this time of year. Do I want to go over there right now? So maybe if the event or the card was somewhere maybe more in a, a bigger city, maybe it would have been better. You know, I understand they want to spread spread it out and go to other little areas or whatever, but uh, I don't know. Maybe weather was a, was a factor because I mean, uh, geographically, it's not hard to get there. No. You know, I mean, there's a small couple flight hops for us to get there. I mean, there's a little bit of a trouble on the coming home part, but that wasn't their fault. <laughs> you know, getting delayed and uh, uh, well, I got delayed leaving Winnipeg and then getting delayed in Minneapolis. But uh, that was fun. But uh, good times coming home. Yeah, good thought times. Thought you were getting stuck, dude. Well, you're back. That's what matters. Back. That's what's up. All right, listen. I uh, should say, gotta gotta throw a little quick mention out to our fine sponsors at Freshly, who, by the way, are ending their uh, special at the end of this month. So if you've been putting it off, you've been you've been saying, I don't know if I'm gonna jump on this Freshly thing. By now, you know what they are. They've been sponsoring us for a while. It's uh, ready-made meals sent right to you, chef prepared. Awesome food. I actually had meatloaf today with cauliflower mm. and mashed potatoes. I could use some of that right now. I never now. do meatloaf because I don't want to order or cook a whole meatloaf. You know what I mean? But yeah. one, one order of meatloaf is awesome. But always fresh, never frozen, fully cooked, prepared meals that are ready to eat in three minutes. Literally just do it in the microwave for three minutes. Let it sit for two minutes. I'm done. It was awesome. 100% all natural, no artificial flavors or preservatives, no refined sugars, no gluten. It's the real deal. I'm telling you, all mm. I did was throw it away after I was done eating. Yeah, that's, moved the, on. that's the best part. Eat your good food and then throw that shit away. Kept on with the work day. So listen, we've been told. Uh, we, we don't know. We, they might re-up in 2018. We're not sure. But the special is going to end at the 2017 at the end. So if you've been sitting on the fence thinking about it, log on to Freshly.com. Use the promo code ROADSHOW. It's all one word. You'll get $40 off. That's $20 off your first week, $20 off your second week. That's going to knock it down to $39 a week for your first two weeks to check mm. it out. I'm telling you, give it a ch- check it out. Try it for the first two weeks of January, right? That's when all your, your, your you know, New Year's resolutions are happening. See if That's it makes true. your life easier because yeah. I'm telling you, my, it makes your life easier. A work day, man, I, I, I hated not having anything great. Now I just poop done right in the middle of it. I, I take a break like 20 minutes for, for lunch. It's awesome. That's what's up. So, anyway, com. Hey, listen, uh, this was not the uh, the easiest week. Obviously, you mentioned, um, you mentioned, you know, difficulty coming home, and it kind of all folded out on that same day that you were getting stuck. But – uh, we lost Robert Follis this week, mm. and uh, it was a tough one, man. This, you know, Robert Follis, that question, one of the most underrated coaches in the game. A yeah. guy that has been around, seen everything, done everything. You know, we'd had him on the show, um, and, and we'd wanted to have him on the show more, man. We'd really been in yeah. talks about doing some technique videos and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, doing some more in-depth stuff, not only audio-wise here on the podcast, but, you know, as we got into next year, doing some more – um, you know, just, again, technique. You know, we, we had done some stuff in the past, and we wanted to kind of venture out and do some more of it. And we thought, what better way, who better to do it? Because the guy is so knowledgeable, and just the way he presents stuff and the way he, he does stuff, it's so clear, it's so yeah. concise, it, it's so smart. It, I t- it was funny, man, just as, a, as, as I was kind of struggling to, to, to deal with everything, I, I kind of went back as a, as a means of reminiscing. And, and if you have Fight Pass, go back and do this. Um, the Kevin Lee versus Tony Ferguson fight. I went back and watched that fight, which obviously wasn't the greatest night for Follis and the team. 
you know, uh, with, with Kevin Lee losing. But just to hear his coaching, you know, he was wearing the, the microphone pack that oh, night. Oh, nice. So I, 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 I uh, isolated it out to just his corner audio. So I was watching the fight with just his corner audio. And the, the instructions that he gives, you know, Kevin Lee gets into some trouble early, um, gets stuck in like a triangle choke, arm bar combination from Tony Ferguson. And the way that Robert Follis walks him through every single move, it's – it's 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 clear. It's concise. He's got that deep, direct voice, you yeah. know, that you, that you certainly hear. And again, the instructions are just they're on point. And you, you know, you hear. I, I, I am, you know, I'm a big fan of John Crouch in the corner. Of course, everybody loves Greg Jackson in the corner. But you know, those people that can give you that type of, you know, insightful advice on the fly, but you let it be clear and concise yeah. versus you know, get up, get up, yeah, you got to get up. Like, no yeah. shit. I got, I, I, how? I'm kind of aware how of how do the I sport works. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> and Fallis was so, was so, so good at this. So, I mean, yeah. I think he was one of the most underrated coaches in the game. Um, hell, I mean, just what he had seen. I mean, starting out as a training partner for, for Randy Couture and, and, and making his way all the way through to where he was. Um, I mean, just a, 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 I mean, a real, you know, wise person in the sport. But then the other thing about that I love Robert Fallis was his sense of humor, man. The guy was such a fun guy to be around, too. Yeah. I, was, I was going back through again, just kind of reminiscing of his Instagram feed. It, you know, if you've ever, if you were following him before, I mean, a lot of MMA in there. But he was just full of dad jokes as well, which was, <laughs> his, which was just his sense of humor, and I, and I loved it. Two, two, two of my favorite recent Instagram posts, one of them. Warning, there's an email going around offering processed pork gelatin and salt in a can. If you get this email, do not open it. It's spam. <laughs> you know, amazing. And uh, this one, uh, you might find some joy in this one. What did the musician name his three daughters? Hmm. Anna one, Anna two, Anna and three. three. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, like it's just, it. you know, dad jokes, man. But it was, uh, I don't know, man. It was painful. And of course, you know, with my kid training at Extreme Couture, uh, you know, I, I, would, I would be there for practice and he would kind of walk over and, and, uh, and bust my balls and, and tell me that I need to get a gi because while my kid was taking class, he was teaching the, the gi jiu-jitsu class. And he, he did teach over there. no gi one as well, but he was pushing you towards the gi? Well, it was just because that's the time that I'd be sitting there while he was teaching because uh, that was where my, my gotcha. kid's class overlapped him. And he'd be like, bro, you get yourself a gi and come on in and, and, and uh, jump in with us. You know, while your kid's over here, you can be over here rolling. And I was like, I don't know about that. But, you yeah. know, but, but I, just, just a good dude, man. And um, – I. I mean, there's, there's, there will be. There's been a lot of fighters that have taken to social media and have said, yeah. you know, eloquent things far better than me and, and and had greater insight than me. But just from my personal dealings with them, man, this was a, a great human being, and it was uh, yeah. it was tough to lose him. Yeah, I agree. It uh, it was it was weird to deal with it, you know. And I, and I almost felt bad because you know there was a part of me that was like, oh man, I, I immediately thought of like all the short term plans and goals we had talked about. Oh. You know, he's like, oh, I really want to do those videos you guys talked about, you know, and my immediately my head was like, oh, yeah, we're going to do all these great videos. We're going to, you know, and I want and I told him, you know, when when he had left uh, Extreme Couture, I was like, dude, I know we still want to do these videos. I was like, but if there's anything I can do to help you, like build up whatever new location you're going to be, you know, I even tried to tell him, get him over because at that point, Lid Liddell had. Lindell had that gym over across yeah, the way. Yeah. I was like, dude, bro, maybe reach out to him. You know, nobody's using the thing. I was trying to do whatever I could to kind of, you know, help him and show that, dude, I'm willing to do whatever to kind of help you because 
he would always just be willing. You know, he's like, oh, if you need something, you need a video on this, you need feedback on this. He's like, dude, bro, reach out. I got your back, you know. And he was the dude that made me want to start taking jiu-jitsu at Extreme because I had talked with him. And I was like, you know, I want to do some jiu-jitsu. I, I, all I talk about, you know, when I – because I told him I want to become more educated. Right. You know, I was like, you know, when I watch it now and I talk about it, I was like, oh, you know, the dude grabbed his arm and then he threw his leg over. You know, not knowing the setup, I was like, you know, I want to learn. And I was like, can you teach me that? And he's like, of course. He's like, you know, you start coming, you know, we'll work the breakdowns, you know, we could do whatever, you know. And so I started thinking all these things. Uh, you know, I was so looking forward to all these things I wanted to do with him because he's the kind of guy that just made you want to do things with him. You know, he was giving of himself and you just wanted to work with him. And uh, it was sucked. It sucked. You know, I, uh, you know, uh, I definitely got to, I got a little teary, you know, and it felt weird because this wasn't a guy that I had like a deep relationship, but even in the, the short time of really knowing him and working with him, he makes an impact that on you. That was his strength, man. You didn't yeah. have to have like a huge deep yeah. relationship, but he made an impact. Yeah. He was like, this is a guy right here, yeah. you know? So I immediately wanted to, to look at, at some of the fighters that I knew had to be really hurting, you know, the Mishas, the Kevin Lees, you know, cats that had blood sweat and tears with this dude you know that i'm sure they were really really hurting you know and uh you know for the guy to make a, an impact on some some lugs of dudes like us you know i knew that you know there were some people out there that were really really hurting it just it just sucked because you know it um you know suicide and those sort of things are never you never see uh you think everything's good and you just never see the secret signs of how deep depression or whatever mm -hmm. is going on. Uh, and you always question, well, could I have did something more? Could I have reached out more, you know, and made things better? You know, I immediately was like, well, fuck, maybe if we were doing these videos already, maybe if we were already starting to do things, you know, that we could have pushed maybe a gym for, we could have pushed whatever. And I just, I felt really shitty for a moment because I just felt like I had no idea that he was in such a, a, a dark place uh, at that time because he would never, he didn't wear it on his sleeve no. like you would think, you know. And I know people a lot closer, way closer than than I ever was that didn't see the signs, you know. Yeah. So I didn't feel as bad about that, but I still question the fact that, uh, that I could have did more in the meantime, because it would have been beneficial for us because he was such a kick-ass coach. would have been great to have that all documented. It would have been great to, to have his, his legacy documented. Yes, so that I mean, just to, to, to do things, I mean, and uh, it sucks, you know, and that just, if anything, if there's a lesson out of it, you know, when you make plans to, like, do shit with people and you, you talk about these great ideas and you know ideas and you know they're going to be good, just fucking do them, you know. Find the time to make it sooner rather than later because you never know if it's going to be there and, and it sucks and i i feel like a schmuck because i'm like oh i'm never going to get to do these things that would be great for all of us because you know there's people that are really hurting and, and a gentleman is no longer with us and stuff but uh well no it's it's you know the the, the night of usc 218 in detroit you know i was at home because uh, you and i had covered the uh the ultimate fighter finale the night before and he started texting me during the card like we just started talking about some fights or whatever um you know this was just a couple of weeks ago and uh, at the end, you know, he was like, we need to get together soon and catch up. And I'm like, you're damn right we do. And then you yeah. don't follow up on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's just such a lesson that, like, dude, don't – and it sounds cheesy and cliched or whatever, but it's really honestly to God true. You know, like, don't, don't 
don't not follow up on those things, man. You know what I mean? Because it, it yeah. seems like we're all in this little world, and we're all in this. You know, we we see each other every week, and you know what I mean. And right. before you know it, you know, time's flown by, and things have changed, and and uh, you know, again, kind of like you, it's like you don't want to be like such an asshole to be like, well, if I had just talked to him, maybe I could have. You know, you're right. like, but but one little thing here, it's it's why I I tweeted on Sunday, and 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 I hope it wasn't in poor taste. It's just. It was one of the hardest days of my life professionally that I ever had reporting because the, the news started coming out on Sunday of what had happened. Yeah. And um, we were able to, to – I mean, basically we knew the cause of death at the time. But right. we, we couldn't report it because uh, USA Today policy and just professional journalism, you know, something like that, you need to, you need to verify it with authorities. Um, and we weren't able to get a hold of his direct family, and we weren't able to get a hold of because it was Sunday. Yeah. Any, anybody, you know, any police officers, the coroner's office, that sort of thing. But we had talked to enough people close to him that we knew what had happened, and we knew how fortunate it was. And that's why I tweeted out, you know, it was just like, you know, I can't help but wonder if he knew how loved and respected he was. You know what I mean? Because, like, the outpouring of support and the outpouring of respect yeah. was so overwhelming. You know what I mean? Like, everybody, like, so many walks of life um, inside this bubble were just like – this guy was amazing and knowing at that time even before we were able to report it that the cause of death was suicide it was like man you know and 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 i know it's, it's you know dealing with depression and things like that aren't just so much about having friends and feeling good i mean there's deep-seated stuff you know obviously his his brother yeah. took his own life and, yeah. and that had affected him deeply so there's so much more to it than that but man you see somebody make that decision who was so loved and respected, but you wonder, you know, like, I don't know if Robert knew how much I admired him, you know right. what I mean? Like you said, you guys weren't, like, super tight, but he made an impact on you, but he did he really know how much? Because I don't right. think, you know, we would always have great conversations. We had a fun conversation on the way um, to New Zealand, I think it was, for Tim Elliott's fight. Um, that was awesome. You know what I mean? We got to have a lot of talks with him there. I mean, yeah. that was that was a fun week, you know, getting to, getting to really spend time with him there. I mean, you know – but did I did I show and let him know enough, like how much of an impact or how much I respected him or how much, you know, I don't know. And and you know, it just it's just another valuable lesson. Like man, like don't let people in your life not know where you stand or not know how much you appreciate them or not know how yeah. special they are because you know, as you said, you know, you just wonder. I mean, maybe any combination or one of these things. I, yeah, it's tough, man. It's it's tough. It was it was Sunday was hard though, man. Like. I will say, I mean, we're super lucky. Like at the end of the day, I mean, we're journalists and reporters, but I mean, we cover cage fights. It's, you know, it's, it's, it, we're very, very fortunate to do what we do for a living. But that day was hard. Like basically, calling friends, you know, that you know in the community, right, to try to get information right. about a friend who who we believe to have passed. By the end of the day, I was like. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, man. I was, I was, I was like, spent. I don't want to do this anymore. You know, like there was the the curiosity that you want to know more because you're like, I, you hate feeling in, uh, out of the know because you're like, I want to know. You know, I want. Uh, does it sound morbid to want to know like what? I just wanted to know what his last moments were, like what where he was, what was going on. You know, not that it does to help anything, but just more like I couldn't get my brain to wrap around what had happened. Right. And uh, I don't know. It was it. Uh, yeah, it uh, it sucked. That's I, I wanted to like tweet something. I wanted to say something. I just couldn't find the words. So I, I pouted for a while. <laughs> you know, you read. You know, so I read it. Uh, I read people's other stuff. People that were close and stuff, and uh, and just tried not to. Uh, 
not to think about because yeah, you you think about all the things and you just question. And then I started thinking about friends that had chosen the same route, you know. And I wanted to talk about it, you know. And um, Heather's uh, brother had committed suicide, so when I brought up, you know, I talked about. I was like, yeah, one of the guys that we were trying to work with. You know, and I was talking with her, and then it brought up emotions in her, and she then it was just like, about it. then the whole house just felt like a piece of shit, you know, and then yeah. I felt like bad bringing it up, then I was like, now I really feel bad, and uh, yeah, it was a it was a rough, it was a rough, rough day. I and, just, uh, I hope people that maybe didn't know him will realize how important he was to this sport, and how important he was to a lot of people, and, and maybe, you know, we all failed to not do a good enough job of telling his story while he was here, but... You know, I hope that anybody listening to this will understand what a special human being this was, both inside the MMA community and just as a as a human being, man. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, he was a good dude. He was. I mean, he wasn't – he was not flawless. We're all flawed. Not. No, no, no. I mean, I know there are people out there, you know, they might think that we're all blowing hot air up, you know, and, and idolizing a guy that maybe whatever. But he was Nobody's always perfect. good to us. Yeah. Nobody's perfect. And I'm sure he did things that maybe some people weren't happy with at times. But I know I've done things that people weren't – always happy about you know we're not trying to just blow hot air or whatever but from my interactions with him and i know with your interactions dude was was super solid uh, i couldn't ask more and uh and in a, in a friend and i just yeah yeah I, you feel bad that you didn't do enough because you know you never know you never know but if anything i feel better at least put it out in the universe now you know <laughs> what we thought of them and felt of them, you know. And, Absolutely. Uh, and, take, you know. and take the lessons, man. Don't let a day go by. Like, if, if there's a feeling you have that, that, that yeah. you want to communicate to somebody, man, make sure you do it. And, yeah. you know, don't put off things assuming that you'll have time to do it because you just never know. So, tough, man. Tough, man. It's uh, It was a weird vibe at, at Extreme Couture this week. Um, uh, because even though, even though he wasn't there, you know, he, even though he left, I mean, you're talking about leaving just a couple of weeks ago, you yeah. know. and super and, fresh. You know, so – all those people there still still mean a lot. You know, I saw a lot of guys um, that were like, you know, he gave me, he, you know, he gave me this belt, you know, yeah. he gave it, or he oh, gave me this lesson. I, or I remember that. I remember that conversation. So uh, very, yeah. very, very tough. And I, uh, I will say, I appreciate anybody and everybody that talked to me either via text or on the phone on that Sunday because I'm not gonna lie, it sucked like calling as a reporter again. You know, I always tell you, and, and, and hopefully people understand this. Like when I say somebody's a friend, like I try to keep the lines drawn you know what i mean i don't have social outings with fighters and with managers like to me mm -hmm. that's that's inappropriate for the people we cover but when we're in these close contact you know the traveling road show you know from town to town to town you can't help but run into people in airports run into people yeah. in gyms run into people and you have just conversations. Run into them on fight week yeah you know you, you see somebody i mean like it's not uncommon especially when you travel as especially somebody as much as you and you're in another country a lot of times people just they see a face that they remember or that, that they're familiar with, they brighten up and they That's in true. turn brighten you up. You know, like, you're in a foreign place where you don't know many, anybody. Yeah, how many countries where you're like, fuck, I haven't spoken English in like hours. And then you see another English speaker and you're like, whoa. So like, even if you try to, to be the most stone cold journalist separate from everything, there's going to be those moments where humanity will creep in. Whether you want it or not, <laughs> you just know. Just two dudes, you know what I mean? <laughs> just two dudes, and you just fucking start talking MMA, and you start talking life, you know. And, and he was one of those cats that was uh, always fun to talk life with, you he know, was, for man. sure. So uh, hats off. Rest in peace. Rest. Robert, I hope you are happy. And my condolences to friends and family. I know there were those that were a lot closer than uh, than we were. But, you know, uh, so my, my thoughts and hearts uh, 
heart. I only have one heart, but uh, <laughs> all it, is is all of them are uh, are with y'all. Um, that was uh, I will some miss sad Robert. shit. I will definitely miss Robert. Uh, shit, man, no easy way to transition. I know. That, I'm like, guess, fuck, and I want to go to the bathroom now or something. <laughs> like, I'm gonna go curl up in the corner. Uh, <laughs> well, I uh, yeah, maybe we should just break there and re. Uh, Let's do it, cause yeah, I, I I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> I can't go from there. Let's just take a break. Welcome back to the MA Road Show. I'm glad we uh, glad we took that little break. I needed that. So yeah, for sure. All right, let's keep let's keep the let's keep the pace high. Let's keep the pace high. Let's keep the energy high. Uh. Stop by the performances too this week. You know, with the holiday week, not a lot of MMA going. I think we all kind of unplugged a little bit, right? I mean, I I'm not gonna lie, I didn't schedule a bunch of interviews or uh, or anything like that. I kind of want to spend a little time with the, with the family, but I did stop by the performance institute, working on some things behind the scenes. We'll uh we'll keep that under wraps for now, but working on some things behind the scenes. But uh, did see shocker here. Francis Ngannou working out while I was at the Performance <laughs> Institute. No. Dude literally lives at the Performance Institute. Everybody jokes about it, but it is the honest-to-God truth. He is there all day, every day. It is the running joke among the staff that, like, he is literally there all day, every day. But, uh, you know, it's funny. I did walk up to him said hello. He was he was uh, doing some strength and conditioning, but, he, you know, he was like, hey, John, how are you doing? So, uh, But I did want to ask you because I haven't had a chance to really talk to you about it. You'll be going out to Boston uh, I'm not doing that one for for Steve Miocic put his belt on the line against Francis Ngannou, but I did want to get your take, man, because uh, I tell you what, as every day passes, I think I get more and more excited for this. Are you? Yeah. I mean, are you pumped for this fight? Because I, I honestly feel, and, and 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 let me know if I'm crazy right now. I honestly believe this is the biggest MMA fight right now. Not I'm not saying ever. I'm not saying in history, but as I far mean, as like as that's far on as the like, books. That's right. That's on the books, yeah, or yeah, even yeah, yeah. I, I might even say. I mean, are there any fights they haven't booked yet that, you, that you'd be like, well, if they booked that, I'd be looking more forward to that? Um, I mean, maybe Connor Ferguson if they booked that, maybe. That would be a good one. That would be a good one. I that would be a that. good one. Um, I mean, this is definitely up there. I mean, uh, I almost – I mean, I love Steepy. I mean, I love the fact that he's a Cleveland boy, you know, firefighter, all that other shit. Oh, I did forget that, that uh, Buckeye but, connection. But, man, I feel – Bad for Stipe because Francis is on a whole nother level from when we first saw him to now. And uh, I think that's what's exciting about this fight is because Stipe, even when he came in, you know, everybody thought Verdun was probably going to tax, tax him in, in Brazil and he, and he pulled it out. And then you were like, whoa, he made magic happen. He's going to need that again because right now with Francis coming in, holy shit. I don't I wouldn't want anybody to be on the opposite end of him right now because I would think that anybody going into that fight right now with the hype and with what he's bringing and literally the confidence working that he's walking the confidence with. I mean the dude has, it's not like uh I mean it's this is the the Ivan Drago of MMA right now you you, you go back to watch that Rocky what is it Rocky 5 Rocky 4 I think five. He had all that technology and all the doctors and all the everything. Granted, he was juicing like a motherfucker what? in that as well. They even showed the needles know, in the amazing. movie. Yeah. Uh, but um, he 
is living at the Performance Institute, you know, which has – he could bring his own coaches. So it's not like yep. he's just like, oh, the, the PI has the best staff right here, the best coaches. No, they have the best recovery and all these other performance stuff people there. So he has an augmented team behind him right now, and he's not doing anything else but MMA. Stipe's out there saving lives and fighting fire and doing – all American shit. Like he took over the, the the All American after after uh, our boy Brian, Brian Stan. Stan stepped away. You know, like Stipe is fulfilling that role right now. Francis is you living just, you, in the gym, push, and you just pushed Chris Weidman off to the side. Well, too. you know, Weidman is he even fighting anymore. <laughs> <laughs> terrible, terrible. I like Weidman too, but no, I mean like. No, I know what you're saying, Stipe. Man. I mean, like he's doing. When a, all when these a guy things. is the heavyweight champ of the world and a firefighter, and a firefighter, <laughs> like bro, you. You got major, major bonus points above everybody else. And Stipe, he's fun, and he's from Cleveland. So, I mean, he's living in Ohio. Like, I mean, like, he's the shit. But besides that, back to the Ivan Drago of MMA right now. I'm not talking about Sage, little Sage Northcutt. Is he actually the – He's got to be Ivan he's Drago. He's got to be. They have to he do that. He has to be. They have to cast that. <laughs> I mean, seriously. It's like, so ridiculous. Again, the problem will be, like, how do you – I mean – you can't teach him to, like, sound Russian. Like, you can't. Like, they're going to have to keep speaking lines at a minimum. Well, they're, <laughs> they're just like, we stole him. We kidnapped him. That's the thing. They're going to kidnap him, a uh, baby. And, well, they, they would <laughs> hey, still Mr. raise Balboa. him. <laughs> <laughs> I must break you, sir. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> if he dies, he dies, he dies. sir. <laughs> he has voice got so high. I know. I'm like, like, that's so like, weird. Mickey, Mickey Sage, <laughs> it Mickey, sound like Mickey, Mickey, Mickey Mouse Sage, uh, but no, I, it's uh, <laughs> the, the Francis right now, and what he's 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 literally, I I don't see anybody, and it's not just uh, this is not Steepy, it's not whatever. I, I think any fighter, if they immerse themselves with their good coaches, and he's every everything I've heard from everybody is he's soaking up everything and exponentially improving himself mm -hmm. and then that coupled with the fact that he's at a place where has all the recovery tools that you could ever want that money can barely buy unless you're like the NFL or the UFC that buys all this stuff so he is able to work his butt off with the coaches that he needs to and also have all the nutrition taken care of and all the recovery things so he's growing exponentially and he's going in and he's going to fight a guy that's still working another job. You know, I don't know what Stipe's hours are or whatever, but I guarantee he is not in the gym as much. And this is no offense to Stipe, and I'm not trying to say that he needs to be more because the dude's still a beast. But, man, right now it ju it's just hard to not think. And this kills me that, uh, you know, old Stipe could lose it, it his belt, but it's hard to not think that there's anybody that has a – a chance right now with the rise that oh, the, that Francis the, is going. The Ivan Drago comparison is actually like more apt than I had thought about. You know what I mean? Dude. Because other than the fact that they're not shooting needles in him, right? It is like a complete program around him. Everything, and nobody's utilizing it like 
Francis is. Nobody what is. became the joke around the office? Because they're like, holy shit, Francis is Francis there more. Francis is Jim. Like, I mean, we talked to Fiasco. There'd be times he's working at his desk, and Francis is walking by, like, checking out what they're working on in the other parts of the of the headquarters. It's crazy. The dude is there, and he's he's taking it so far. We saw how good Joe B is recovering from well, his time I there. ran into Joseph Benavides, so I'll touch on that in a second. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, it, it is unreal. I mean, like, and I think you're going to see more people get to the point where they're like, geez, I need to relocate to Vegas. I need to get access to this thing. Or, or you know, or they're going to start whining and complaining, and then they're going to make the UFC start limiting access because people are going to start saying it's an unfair advantage, even though they all have the access to it. But That's he right. made the decision when he was looking at places to move to the United States, chose Vegas specifically because of the Performance Institute and the performances that we're seeing on him, his retransformation of his body. Crazy. He doesn't even look the same from when he started. He doesn't. I mean, and he's getting tested, folks. He's just literally living in a gym with the best place, to, with the science behind it, and his punching power. What he was able to do to Overeem, holy cow, folks. Scary. I watched it over and over, and it was like just mesmerizing because you're like, was it really flush? Was that full power? It didn't even look like it was full power, but it was flush. So it just makes you wonder. And the, the shot that Overeem took on the ground was even just as devastating. Aww. But if you notice the placement, too. It was pinpoint. Perfect. Pinpoint. Perfect. From three or four feet away, was able to make that lunge in and hit it. Holy shit. He is on a whole different level. And I have no doubt in my mind. Uh, sorry, Stipe. That France is going to take it. So, yeah, when it comes to I was the most exciting fights that's coming forward, Oops. I think people are excited because they have a heavyweight. Nothing against Steepy. Steepy is just not going to go out there and talk the shit that no. maybe other divisions need somebody to, to talk all this garbage to get you excited. This is just pure raw power that people are just like – it's like watching a fire outside. You just can't help but watch it, and you want to just – get closer you want to just see more of it and francis has that star quality about him right yeah. like, you, know, you know we always say that 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 it factor that you can't really define but when you see it you're like oh that's a star right there yeah. and it's him the way he carries himself the way he talks like he'll never talk like conor mcgregor and 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 god bless that you know what i mean yeah. like he, he'll have a little subtle trash talk here and there you know a little you know we told Overeem when they were facing off like you're going to sleep and <laughs> you know what i mean like cool stuff like that but but i'm pumped it's funny you know we always say i mean not huge wagers by any by any stretch but living in las vegas you watch the line you know as expected francis Ngano did open as the as the favorite minus 160 immediately almost immediately it was bet down to minus 125 because you see people going wait I could get the heavyweight champion of the world, Stipe Milicic, as an underdog. Yeah, crazy. And people jumped on that line. Well, guess what? Now it's all the way back up over the opening line. Now it's minus 180 leading towards towards Francis. So, you know, early money, early well. money came yeah. in on Stipe, and then everybody was like, oh, no, thank you. Give me give me Francis. I bet so. that'd be like minus – I bet it'll, it'll match the event. It'll be like a minus 220 by the time that happens <sighs> probably. crazy. I'm pumped but for dude, this fight. Stipe, I'm all about it, you know, and as much as I'd be afraid to interview Francis afterwards wait, from saying wait, this. Wait, wait, whatever. Yeah. Stipe can Whatever Stipe, Stipe wins, you're like, bro, I knew my buck. I had this, dog. <laughs> I, I knew my buck. I knew I had my this. dude could do it just like when Cody pulled out his shit. Dude, Stipe has more heart than anybody else. I think anybody can choose to be a firefighter when you could be just the heavyweight champ of the world. I mean, the dude's got grit. He's got heart. Um, he loves – I mean, he's, he's all things Cleveland, which, you know, as you know – it's a tough, it's a tough place to live, and it's a tough place to support. And he he puts his heart in that, so you know the dude's 
tough. And until uh, I die, and, until he dies, and uh, you know, uh, you never know. There's always the chance that Francis could be too overconfident, go forward and just expect his power. From what we've seen, I mean, the Overeem fight would have been that fight to really showcase that. Right. If there was a fight where, if he was too overconfident, and we saw that he was still able to, to kind of sit back, use his boxing, you know, and before it, and just lay hands and. Uh, well, that's what I think. To get a knockout that early and it not be because you came out being ridiculously aggressive, yeah. like he was being, yeah. you know, he was studying. He was. Oh, he if was anything, that was Overeem's down for trying to, you know, maybe do something. You hope. That, I just don't know what plan you try to do. I mean, you try to take him late, right? But uh, how do you do that? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, it's like, it's like you fake. can't just run. It's like Mike Tyson's <laughs> punch out back in the day. You're like, hold on, bro. You got to dodge the uppercuts for the like, first minute and, and like, a half. Do, do, do. All right, yeah. go right. Let go. Do, do, do. All right, go left. <laughs> you know. Uh, uh, I love that fight. I'm, I'm bummed that I'm not going to be there, but I'm glad that you get to see it, man, because that's going to be a great night. And uh, I'm, I mean, listen, I'm excited about being at at, at Bellator. I, I love the heavyweights, uh, the Grand Prix. I know some people have kind of got mixed feelings on it. I love the heavyweight Grand Prix, man. I think just the collection of names they have in there is fun. So I'm excited about that. But I, I got to say, man, that 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 fight to me right now is the biggest one on the horizon. Uh, I did run into Joseph Benavides while I was there at the Fortnite Institute as well. Oh, Joe B. Um, I was leaving as he was coming in, but but I had a chance to just talk to him real briefly. He said, by the way, um, and, and, and I mean, this was just two guys talking, so maybe I shouldn't be saying this, but hell, you know. Uh, he said, look, I think I'm going to be good to go by March or April, like f fighting in March or April. He well, said I think he's, he's pretty close. much said that. I think yeah. even, when he, even when he was on radio, he thought he was like 75%. Okay, I, good, thought, good. I, thought, I thought he was saying that. He thought he was like – Three or four months he out. He said he's resumed training, yeah. you know what I mean? Everything's looking good. He's not, he's, he said he's not full-fledged sparring yet, but he's doing, you know, full grappling. And, full, and and again, he was showing up to the Performance Institute because I, I ran into him outside, him, and and, and I'm going to apologize that I don't remember her name right now, but the lead uh, physiotherapist there, yeah, she I'm was with him. They were walking to the Performance Institute. They are about to start his rehab. I mean, just oh, – I mean, the, the facilities and, and what they have available to them – if, if people want to take advantage of it and are willing to be out here in Las Vegas, um, either temporarily or permanently, I mean, dude, you could get rental properties pretty cheap out here if you wanted to. Or, or even with just a couple fighters. I mean, if you were somewhat friendly with somebody, I mean, like, there's plenty of Airbnb places out here, you know, just, mm -hmm. you know, even if it was a matter of, you know, say it's a three-month camp or whatever, you know, and just talk to somebody and be like, hey, bro, you want to go in on something? You know, we're, we're both slated for something. Because if I think – that three-month period, granted, that would ask a lot for your coaches to right. be out here as well. You know, and that's the thing. There aren't coaches, per se, at at the PI. That's you right. have to be able to you have, have your team. Coaches. you got strength and conditioning. You know, you've got nutrition. you got your nutrition. you yeah. got rehab, but you don't have technique coaches. Yeah, so, I mean, if you wanted to try to make the move or whatever, I mean, yeah, there, it's definitely doable. You could find places to stay. You know, it definitely gets tougher when you start bringing all the coaches that you would have at your home base into the equation but if you can make it work holy cow what if check out this for a business idea and i'm only sharing it because i don't have nearly the resources available to do it what if it'd be worth it to have like a couple of houses as rental property that were basically set up to be like fighter camp houses i mean you would literally like market to those people like you said there's people always coming out here yep. for camps and whatever couple of couple of properties 
right? I mean, I mean again, this is not something that's going to get you rich. Right. But a nice little side project for somebody that happens to like MMA. That happens to be a fan and wants to find just help you them some, out. Yep, find you some properties. I mean, you rent it out. I mean, it's not like you're not giving it to them for free. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But you get you a couple properties right next to the PI. Yeah. And you target these, you know, these fighters. Like, hey, if you want to come in, you can book my place from this date to this date. We're going to give you a nice monthly rate, a nice two-month rate or whatever. And you, and you do, like, whatever it would take to make sure the house was as comfortable as it could be for fighters. Like, maybe certain types of blenders, certain types of food preparation oh, equipment. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Like, something that was, like, Unless you want to go, like, the, the Rocky theme, just logs and concrete blocks <laughs> Oh, and I thought stuff. you were going back to Drago and saying, yeah. like, no, have, like, <laughs> you know, just steroids ready to shoot up or whatever. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, just hanging meat. Yeah, just hanging meat for you to kind of just beat on and stuff. I don't know. Maybe some people feel afraid, you know. Maybe then it goes back to the stereotype. Some people are like, oh, I don't know if I want to rent it out to a bunch of fighters for months, you know, I've watched the that Ultimate Fighter show, and all they do is punch <laughs> holes in the walls. Well, yeah, you know? that's all you've ever seen. That's <laughs> if that's your frame of reference of what fighters are, yeah, yep. it might be a little bit dated. That probably wouldn't be good. <laughs> all right, uh, so listen, we should say, since we are here in Las Vegas and uh, enjoying a, a Thirsty Thursday here at Boomers, not having a Ballast Point home game, and for a particular reason, I, I felt like with where we're at right now, out of respect – for the great boomers, we had to put our good friends at Ballast Point to the side. We'll, we'll touch base with them again in 2018 and get the Ballast Point home game going again. But there's some sad news in the there MMA Roadshow community. Cole Coffee, would you like to would you like to just lay it out there? <laughs> I, I will. I will. Boomers, as as much as we've it, we've come to call it home, Boomers is shuttering their doors at the end of the month. Uh, you know, it's kind of off. It is definitely off the strip. Sixteen you know, years. It's kind of, of way. Yeah, sixteen, 16 years. years. You know, and, and it's a uh, it's a place you have to to go to Boomers. You're not going to oh, be happen to be driving by Boomers and all of a sudden see it and say, "Oh, hey, I'm going to pull in there." You know, it is definitely a place that you have to take a side street. You know, to get there. Um, but unfortunately, you know, um, they are choosing to get out of the business um, for whatever reason. You know, it's not the the craziest. Uh, you know, busiest place, and that's one of the reasons why we love it. You know, it's definitely a, a low-key neighborhood joint, um, but it is, you know, is it is closing down. So I felt like uh, it'd be bad to roll in with our complimentary Ballast Point. Well, she actually even told me uh, when I saw her yesterday. She's like, "That's why I didn't get Ballast." She's like, "FYI, that's why I didn't get Ballast Point in uh, here." Oh, because it was like, "Why am I going to bring it on?" Why right am now? I going to bring something in if I'm just going to have to turn right back around? So, uh, so yes, yeah, so I got cute clued into that last night so because they 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 uh it was kept a secret for a long time because they were trying to sell it and uh you know ultimately i probably could have they probably could have did a better job of trying to sell it further out they kind of decided to sell it last minute and then all of a sudden now it's just like they're shut they're shutting their doors so um too bad they didn't try maybe a few months out and that's tough it's the end of the year maybe people you know don't have it to to, to try to take on another business at the end of the year or whatever. But, um, so, yeah, uh, we have next week. Uh, we'll be, be here. So, hopefully, we'll have a fiasco. But, yeah, we'll be here next Thursday and the day after. That Friday is is the last day. So, uh, I'm going to do some location scouting. Got a couple of ideas and suggestions from some people here. Uh, we'll look at some other places and stuff. But it's just not going to be the same. I mean, this is it's a – It's been your neighborhood pub. So yeah, it's the neighborhood bar, man. Like uh, – Old Agent H is busted up about it, you know. She likes coming. This is where she gets her little girl talk. She'll talk with the, the girls behind the 
the counter, I can just game a little bit and, like, do your thing, get all that little talk that you want to have with me at home and I have to just not talk about. Like, I, can't, I don't know girl shit. I don't know clothes and makeup and hair. Not that that's all they talk about. But like, I love the. That's <laughs> like, I hope Fernanda Pratchett is not listening to this. <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, all they do is just sit there and talk I mean, makeup and hair. I'll just be honest. She's not fucking. They're not talking politics. That's for sure. <laughs> you know, it's usually whatever shit. Heather's like, she's real big on like perfumes and love. She's like, oh, what are you wearing? Oh, I love that smell. And at that point, I've cued it. I've yeah, already yeah, turned it off. I, I'm with I've you. already I'm like with signed you. off in my head. And, uh, so I don't know. So yeah, no, I didn't mean to be insensitive and say that. That's all women, but just strictly saying that's all the fuck they talk about when I'm with them next to them. Uh, so uh, yeah, we're gonna have to find another spot for us around the neighborhood. But as for us, and the bigger, more pressing is for us at the road show. So we have a couple suggestions, but uh, we'll be here and we'll blow it out next week. Uh, you know, even though it'll be fight week, you know, we'll come in, we'll do our things, we'll give it a maybe a proper send off and try to find something this has been good they've been really really good to us i mean like here uh, i didn't even go up to the bar you know we still get the service here you know she brings the beers here you know they turn down the radio on this side of the room it's gonna be tough to find another joint that that does it like that so it's um, tough. anybody that's come and visit here and we've had we've had some visitors over yeah. the years come here man hopefully uh hopefully you guys enjoyed it because it, yeah. i mean this was the quintessential dive bar and it's so yeah. crazy because literally you walk out the front door you look to the left and the las vegas strip is i mean you could throw a rock and hit it i mean yeah you'd have to be a pretty it's good a arm. really really good arm but 15's a big <laughs> it's a big highway it's a big highway but it is it's right there i mean the circus circus right there you got the you know the president tower over there uh oh the trump building yeah <laughs> I, I tried to not throw his I name like out that. there you know i like the but way uh no it's a it's 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 a great Great, great spot and a, and, a, and a good location. So I'm hoping somebody uh, maybe picks up the uh, takes up the flag afterwards, and maybe we'll be back in a new improved something over here. But uh, we'll find a different location. Uh, that's on my uh, honey do list. Even though next week there are some stuff happening, so I'll try to see if I can do some scouting for some spots and uh, uh, see what we can do. The maybe show will go on. Well, that's for damn sure. You know, the the new year will start at a at a different location. So there you go. All right, listen, I should say, if you like what you're hearing, do us a favor. Jump in iTunes. Make sure you're, uh, you're subscribed. Uh, rate us. Take a second. Rate us. Review us. You can leave us some feedback. You can be like my boy, J.K. Bruce Leroy, who gave us Ooh. cold coffee one star. Oh, J.K. One star. He says, the, the review is titled, You're an idiot for saying you like Covington's shtick. So, first of all, <laughs> J.K. Bruce Leroy, thanks for listening. Secondly, uh, it goes, your commentary slash breakdowns are bad enough, but when you help someone glorify their non-martial artist shtick, helping to bring the art slash sport down instead of advancing it, it's simply too shameful. Great job. You're as simple as you sound. Good luck. How do you spell shtick? Uh, S-C-H-T-I-C-K. Yes, oh, he's, okay. he's correctly spelled shtick there. So, huh. uh, listen, uh, hey, appreciate your feedback. F you, but uh, <laughs> uh, but that's hey. You're all entitled to your your thoughts. I, 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 well, I, I appreciate. I, agree, it. I mean, do you have to give one star to the entire podcast? And we're talking about 143 consecutive weeks of mixed martial arts content from around the globe, including and a half episodes as frequently as possible. Hey. And we get one star because I happen to respect Colby Covington's efforts. Now, 
I'm not saying Kobe Covington. Like the whole, you know, Brazil filthy animals. Why do you hate Brazil, that, Yeah, John? you know me. Why do you hate Brazil? 29 trips to Brazil. You know me. I can't stand Brazil. Uh, yeah, I think that was a little bit much. But you know what? I do respect. Look, Kobe Covington, 600 fighters on the roster. How many stories are written about him? And let's admit, I, I think Colby Covington is an incredibly talented fighter. I really do. I'm a huge fan of his grappling. Uh, I, 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 I've said it time and time again. I love his scrambling ability, man. The way that, like, you, you're like, oh, he's stuck. And then all of a sudden he's on somebody's back. His ability to get out of bad positions, I am a huge fan of. You know, he's getting better at striking, but it's not his forte. His, his style to me is good, but it's not the most fan-friendly style in the world. He's not going out there, you know, throwing out capoeira kicks and, and, and going crazy. But at the same time, he's getting story after story after story written about him, getting himself involved in potential big-name matchups. And I don't know if he would be able to do that otherwise. And so what I say is I respect it. I'm a fan of a guy that understands that you control your own destiny to some degree and you need to take your own career into your own hands because if you step back and hope that things get done for you, it's not going to work out in your favor. And you only have a very, very small window of time to make as much money as possible in this business before your body precludes you from doing it any longer. And I like the fact that Colby Covington says, I'm going to make myself stand out. I'm going to get myself involved in big matchups. And, you know, does he cross the line sometimes? Sure, but I think you got to push the envelope a little bit. I mean, I think Conor McGregor has crossed the line a couple of times where I'm like, come on, bro, you're going a little bit too far right now. But, it's, it's you know, you have to respect what he's done. I mean, did Chael Sonnen cross the line sometimes? Yeah, he did. But on the on the whole, overall, it was, it was good. So, listen, I'm as much of a mixed martial arts purist as the next guy, but we do have to understand the realities of our business. And I do respect the fact he does what he does. So, I don't know. First of all, you're right. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. But it did kind of upset me yeah. that out of all the content we provide, one opinion gets us one star. That hurts a little bit, my friend. And also, it made me think, God damn, how much is Colby Covington getting under people's skin? <laughs> that that dude is willing to, you know, mother F us with a one-star rating yeah. just because he hates Colby Covington. That's true. I like the, the uh, recently on the Junkie Radio when uh, Alex Davis was on there. You know, Alex is a diehard. He's ATT. You know, he's going to defend his teammates. Um, but he's also a Brazilian-American, right. you know. So Alex has deep, deep roots. And Alex even went out there and said, you know, I get it. I get what he's trying to do. You know, Kobe's going out there. He's saying what he needs to say. But also he went into a country that was telling him he needed to die, you know, and all this other stuff. So he's like, I understand why he lashed out. Granted, Kobe has done that and he's running with it, mm -hmm. you know, and he, he's doing all these little things that – for the same reason, people seem to absolutely love Connor. Connor went out and, and, and as bold and brash as anybody, and he says a lot of shit, and he has a lot of haters in turn, but he also has people that absolutely adore him. You know, so I, I definitely don't hate uh, – I don't want to say I don't hate Kobe's method or his techniques. I, re I respect what he's trying to do, his effort. There you go. I'll say I respect his there effort because – There you go. You know, that way I don't maybe have to say – I. I appreciate See, what he's doing. Coffee, I'm just simple. I'm as simple as I sound. So sometimes <laughs> I lack the vocabulary that I'm, you bring to the table. Oh, yeah. You, yeah, you I have the, the big table. vocabulary. Half the time I can't even say the word because I don't know what fucking word I'm trying to say. <laughs> so I cursed way too much. So, uh, But whatever. But, hey, that's your right as a listener to 
log on and give John one star, but Cold Coffee five stars. Wow. That or is maybe it. if you've never, if you've thought about like <laughs> reviewing us and you just haven't, now maybe you want to jump in and counteract this one star review. I mean, we're trying <laughs> to grow the podcast, and J.K. Bruce Leroy. Is, is is basically hating on us like he's Colby Covington and we're Brazilians. He's trying to he's trying to hold us down. He's trying to he's trying to ruin everything for us by this horrible one star review. So maybe if you want to counteract Bruce that, is he like a Bruce Leroy? I mean, fan? it's J.K. Bruce Leroy. So he's like just kidding, Bruce Leroy. I don't I don't know. That's kind of weak. That's kind of. I'm just saying. So maybe if you've always thought about leaving us a, a review and some feedback, and, and now you're hearing us get slammed, and maybe mm-hmm. you can say, hold on, hold on. Maybe it's just kidding, Bruce Leroy. Or maybe that. Jano, Bruce Leroy? Yeah. Do you know him? <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> All right, listen. Uh, speaking of crazy talk, because that review was just crazy talk. Speaking of crazy talk, <laughs> Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor. Did you ever think you'd hear it again? Did you think we were done with this garbage that we were not going to have to uh, ever hear this again? Hell no. Hell so, no. I, there's that much money involved in, with the fact that Conor doesn't seem to want to come back and fight and defend anything. Of course that talk was going to happen. As you can see, we didn't lead with this. We're going to put this late in the podcast. But I did want to ask kind of what you thought with this coming out because, I, I mean, I didn't think we were going to hear discussion of this. But you're right. With that much money involved, it makes sense. But I mean, I, I, just, I mean, the, the fact of what made more ridiculous to me, the, the, the idea of those two fighting again didn't seem out of place because I assumed that there could be another boxing match. I assume that it still can happen. But the the reality and the thought that he would ever enter an octagon and fight Connor in an MMA match is just absolutely ridiculous. Never gonna to happen. make it even somewhat close, Connor would have to fight from his knees, uh, be able to throw no kicks <laughs> or something, and he would still win. Well, I, you know, it's funny. So this conversation first started happening. I guess, you know, first it comes out. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Um, Dana chimed in on it, but I went back and read Dana's quotes, and Dana never said we're talking about it. I mean, he hinted at a fight, I guess, but he never said, like, we're talking about making this fight happen. But, you know, he said you never know the possibilities, but that's just Dana talk. Promoter talk is – let your imagination run wild, right? right? That's what he's good at. I do believe that Dana and Floyd are talking. I do believe that Dana and Floyd are talking. I do believe that Dana and Leonard Ellerby are talking. I do believe that Dana so and Al Heyman are talking. It's all just propaganda to get him involved with Zufa boxing. Absolutely. Whether it be yeah. whether it be you know help shuttle some of your fighters to us, whether it be help promote, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I definitely because I think, I mean. And I think Dana's even hinted this. You know, in the way that USC was like, no, we don't cross-promote. We do our thing. We do our thing. I think Zufa Boxing will be the entire opposite. Like, I don't think Zufa Boxing is going to have, like, a 600 roster, you know, yeah. 600 fighters under right, their no. roster. They're going to have to play nice yeah. with everybody well, I think that's else. Even, yeah, I think that's just boxing in general. Exactly. I, I haven't worked a boxing event where it's only been one promoter. It's always been two promoters at least, you right. know. Two, I think I would one that had like three, which is because everybody's they're their dude. So if you want to have a fight with this guy, my promoter comes on board. Right. So I could see them completely doing uh, Zufa boxing Mayweather production fights. Right. You know, uh, you know, uh, who's Erickson? Who's even like, oh, maybe they'll bring him on board to be the face of Zufa boxing. I don't think he. Ooh, I think he doesn't really want, need yeah. to, and I think he would like to be separate because I don't think one. That's too much. He well, and he also, you know got on uh, Connor's case about how Dana was his dad. Dana was his boss. And I don't think 
Floyd ever wants that to be the case. I think he always wants to be in charge. Good point. So I could always see that it would – I could see a, a Mayweather and Zufa boxing promotion for sure. I mean, that's like a – that's no skin off his back. Yeah. And they're, they're, I mean, that's just doing business. And Danny even said that's what they were trying to reach out to all the guys. The only guys that weren't was uh, De La Cuckoo and Bob Arum. Right. You know? Uh, so I could see that, but – you know, for for Floyd, I mean, let, let's be real, because even when they brought in CM Punk, they had to find somebody that was a comparable uh, athlete. A neophyte in the you sport. Know, you and know? nobody is going to pay $300 million or whatever to watch Floyd make his debut against a O&O fighter. Well, I retweeted, like, Demetrius Johnson was like, let me move up. I'll move up 20 pounds, yeah. goat versus goat. I retweeted because I just thought it was cool that he was saying that. Yeah, but I mean, knowing that's never going to happen. I mean, you take whoever you think is the worst featherweight right. in the in the entire division, and they smoke Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. I mean, smoke all they have to Floyd do Mayweather. is, like, all right, eat a punch, single leg, double leg, takedown, done. Right. And then all and you that, gotta do is just not, literally. That's not hating on Floyd Mayweather. That's no, I mean like Floyd if Floyd, could, if if they could set it to where he could keep his hands in play, then it's a it's a no brainer yeah. that he can evade punches and he can strike. And we saw what he does when he actually makes contact because Floyd he, Floyd could outbox everybody from 145 and under. Everybody in the UFC roster 145 and under. And yeah. I'd start going up to lightweight, welterweight. You know what well, I mean? Well, I mean when it comes to technology, boxing, exactly, boxing, boxing. Yes, he can. I mean. As for eating a bunch of punches, I mean, even, you know, you, you take certain guys, yeah, I mean, they might miss. They might be hitting them with 30%, 40% strength, 50% because of Floyd's technique of way to evade it. But just like when we saw when Connor fought a bigger Nate Diaz, he was taking more damage than what he was used to at that point. So he started wearing down. So all these other True. factors. So even if Floyd, I mean, he can't go too far. Ahead. Can't go too and crazy. I, 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 I mean, Nikanu? they wouldn't get too crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so it, it just doesn't make sense business-wise for the UFC. I mean, as much as a circus sideshow, he would never make a billion because they could never book him fighting 0-0 fighters or 0-1 okay. fighters three times in a row. You could do it. Okay, Once. okay, okay. And I, even then, it would be a I, joke. I saw some people throw out Floyd Mayweather versus CM Punk. That's what I threw out. That's what did I was joking. That? Were you yeah. one of them? All right. Well, I, all I right. just did it in our video chat. That's all I was. I all was right. like, I was like, you know, he's practically still an O and O fighter. He had the one fight, and he, you know, that would be interesting. Would you be into it? Oh, I'd totally be into I'm it. I'm kind of into it too. I mean, I think that's the only way. That's the only way. J.K. I think, Bruce Leroy is not going to be like, happy about that. I mean, CM. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, CM Punk. He, I love his work ethic. I mean, he is really trying to do this. He just is coming from a late point in the game against a lot of these cats that have been doing it for years and years. Huge training he experience. He needs deficit. somebody that has a name, and this is a much bigger bigger name but also is coming from a point of when it, MMA of almost a zero background mm -hmm. but now CM at, at Phil at this point has what two years yeah maybe of training maybe three if I if I'm re remembering wrong so so he has time of doing this thing but he also now has a skill that is better than Floyd when he brings in wrestling when he can bring in all these other little skills he just needs to be able to weather the strikes and get to a point where he can do his game and yeah i'd be more excited for that fight than just floyd fighting a hand pick o and o fighter i would too because i, I, mean, I want to i want to see sam punk fight again 
And uh, unfortunately, most of the cats that they're throwing at him and other guys in the division have just such a head start on him that he's, uh, I mean, God bless him. The dude jumped in the baddest organization of bad motherfuckers, and he, he took a fight, and he was willing. And we CM saw Punk's him. a good dude. He yeah. is a good dude. I know people hate on him, and I get it. But he yeah. is a good dude. Every interaction I've ever had with that guy, and I, you know. He's I sharp, I don't man. know him, but, dude, he's, you know, every interview, yeah. every interaction, the guy, like, he's sharp and just humble, man. Just yeah. has never said, like, I'm the greatest ever. He's like, dude, I'm I'm new at this. Yeah. But I happen to be wealthy, dude, and I happen to have a big social media following, and I happen to be able to try this. And his this. wife's hot as fuck. Is she? I don't Yeah, I, I think it's his, his wife, wife, right? Is it? Yeah, that she was like, I want to say she was like a restitute, like that. She got like an Asian mix or something mm -hmm. there. Holy fuck. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she's fucking smoking. See, you notice the details that I don't. I'm just simple. I'm just simple. <laughs> but, dude, if fucking CM needs to get on Twitter and just start hitting it and be like, yeah, I saw all that talk. You know, hey, you know, I'm still down to get the MMA game. You know, Floyd, hey, what's up? You know, and just start right, hitting but, it. But, all right, at the end it of the day. It won't happen. I was going to say, at the end of the day, I know, we were just having like a fantasy discussion, right? Well, yeah, this no, is, I was throwing that out there. This is two dudes sitting in a bar that's going to close in a week and a half just talking <laughs> shit. Oh, I know. It's been like a downer episode for sure. I know. Uh, yeah, it's not going to happen. I mean, on a scale, like, if you had to give it a percentage. Of what, Floyd fighting in MMA or yes, those period. two? No, Floyd fighting in MMA. Uh, 0. 0.000. No, I don't even think there's a point zero 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 one. It's zero. It's just zero. I mean, the answer is zero. Because he would never do it unless he could get, he wants, three, like, $300 million. Ah, the answer is zero. Yeah. It's, it's zero. It, it just... He's he's sooner to fight boxing again. I I could see him fighting, uh, Connor. He has a better chance of fighting Connor in boxing again than Who ever fighting MMA. Eh. Do you want to see Do you want to see Mayweather versus Pacquiao? That's stupid too, right? I mean, uh, I'm sorry, McGregor and McGregor Pacquiao? Pacquiao. I mean, I, I have no desire to see that. Can I be honest? No desire. Well, I just know that because fight week sucks covering some of the boxing <laughs> shit. But uh, no, I mean, I'm down. I mean, why not? Why not? I mean, he's not gonna—he's not fighting fucking MMA. So if I want to fight, see him fight again, uh, it's gotta be—it's gotta be Conor Tony Ferguson next. It's gotta be. Well, I mean, oh, I would so. like it to be that would for the legitimacy of him still saying that he's an MMA fighter. I mean, he's an MMA practitioner. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I would love to see him because I mean, I think that's the fight that makes sense because Tony's talked a lot of shit, and and I'd either love to see him back it up. And destroy Connor, or what have if it's Connor, Connor come in there? So to be, all right, to me right now, the only fight, the only fight I want to see right now with Connor McGregor is Tony Ferguson. That's the only fight. Well, there I you are. See. You're, you're like trying to make the the division legit again <laughs> and make it seem well, like simple. belts are working. I'm simple. You are simple. It's like you want the belts to mean something. I mean, if GSP, if, if this, I mean, and I said it all along. I mean, I, I mean, I said it all along. Now I was being crazy because I said all along it'd be GSP versus Connor. For the 185 pound title, oh Jesus! Which I, you know, yeah. Now that's not going to happen since he yeah. dropped it. But I thought cause that would be a crazy way for Connor to move up even higher and try to, you know, you know, again he weighed weight it like to do oh, it. Connor would weigh like 173. That's with like, say it, with but it wouldn't be with, for the belt with rolls of quarters in his pocket. But that's that's the thing. But I it mean, would like, be as long as he weighed 173, 171. It'd be for the belt. You don't have to weigh 185. But anyway, it doesn't but matter. GSP doesn't have, dropped the but belt. But there's no 170. So you, so you, no, no, oh, no. Oh, no, you're saying where would GSP and Connor meet? Yeah. 
They'd have to mean at some point where they still had nothing to lose. Like Connor, yeah, that's I can what see I'm him saying. doing because he has nothing to lose. It's just a super. But it's a quote unquote super it. fight. I would like to watch it over 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 Tony Ferguson. No, 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 no. no. Oh, okay, okay. No, for sure. No, I mean that's a whole different thing. I mean I've always said that from the get go. I've always wanted Connor to just defend the belts. I want legitimacy to the belts. I want people that have belts to fight for their belts. I mean, I get it. If a guy's got a belt and he wants to fight in another division against the, the champ of another division, if that division, if that champ's good for it, I, I, I don't mind that as much. But you at least got to fight and defend your belt. This mm-hmm. whole walk away from your division and fight something that makes, that means nothing really, for, and you're just putting the division on hold, just absolutely sucks. But in terms of watching Connor fight GSP, fuck yeah, I would want to watch that fight. Can you imagine, man? You know what's crazy? Like, I feel like Connor McGregor's career. Obviously, he's wealthy and he's done incredibly great for himself. But I feel like the the, the entire future of his career, I don't want to say it's like hangs in the balance, but it's at a crossroads right now. You know what I mean? Like, if he does some weird fights and he takes some wins and losses and some big money fights, then you go, wow, that guy was special. But how great was he? But can you imagine if he bears down and is all of a sudden like, you know what? All right, I made, I got rich boxing. There's nothing else there that makes sense boxing. Nate Diaz, who knows if he's going to fight anymore? I'm not. I'm definitely not going to welterweight anymore. Can you imagine if Conor McGregor now reeled off like ten straight wins at lightweight or something like that? Like, I mean, that would be. I, I mean, mean, he I has would, the ability would, to do that's it. That's what I'm saying. He I would love to, to see that. Yeah. I want to see him come back and legitimize because I yeah. feel like. Connor's almost like, and if he fights GSP, I mean, I can't blame him for taking another big money fight, right? I mean, that's that would be a big money fight. But then you're like, oh man, is he as good as we thought he was, or is this just? But can you imagine if he just like reeled off ten straight at lightweight, like, you know, smashed Tony Ferguson, you know, smashed a couple other people, whatever? I mean, just, you know, maybe, maybe fights Max Holloway again if Max Holloway keeps the run going. I mean, that one makes sense. I would love to see. I would love to see that. I would love to see all that happen. Remember, remember, uh, a that's year. a fight that if, if if I had to pick one that outside of the Ferguson one. That I wanted to see. I want to see where Holloway stands now as for what. Because they both have grown uh, exponentially from At 155 where they were. or like 150 in the middle or something? Or? Well, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing if Connor. you know, he still feels like he, he lost that belt. They stripped it from him and he feels unjustly that they took it away. Drop be- down and, and – Show your dominance in that division. Just once, and if you win, just you're like, and you're like, I'm not staying here. You can have it back. Yeah, Max. you go, you go back up, and you just say, hey, fellas, that's it. I can, I can do it in whenever See, I want. That's what excites me. I can me. just drop down if I want. That's what gets y'all, me. Y'all tangling. can play in that division, but just know that I own the division. Daddy's here anytime he wants. Anytime he wants, See, I'll drop down. That's 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 what gets me tingling, man. Yeah. Not not GSP. I mean, I don't blame the guy for taking a money fight, but I, you know, I don't blame yeah. the guy if he does box Pacquiao. I can't blame a guy for cashing in on as much <laughs> as he can. But what gets right. me tingly is like, dude, let's see Connor fighting in those fights that really matter, right. man. Not, I mean, the Nate Diaz trilogy. Like seriously, dude, he could fight. He could fight right now. He could fight GSP, Nate Diaz, and Manny Pacquiao. Call it a day. Probably be damn near a billionaire by that point. You know yeah. what I mean? And 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 it, but I would not look back on him as as respectfully and as gratefully and as excitedly as if I would if he'd go back and face Tony Ferguson and face Max Holloway right. and fa- you know what I mean like that's what I want to see right and I think that's the uh, the best part is the fact that if he's able to kind of do what he's doing have all these mega fights go off to the side you know and make all this money and still come back then come back and legitimize the fact that he has these belts, you know, and just take it. I mean, 
how it would be hard to deny his legacy at that point. I mean, it's hard to deny his legacy right now. There's just questions about it right now because everybody's like, oh, yeah, he's able to attain these levels, but he never defended. He did whatever. He's just riding the rocket wherever the rocket goes, you know. Um, I think the fact that if he wanted to really solidify it, I mean, he's always going to be – at this point, he's already solidified the fact that he will always be a name in, he's in a history. Part of history. He's a part of he's history. He's a part of history. It's but he's there. not it's one done. of the greatest fighters ever. Like, seriously, if somebody sits at the table right here at Boomers or wherever we go in 2018 and says, you know what, Conor McGregor is the greatest fighter in mixed martial arts history, I'm like, get out. Yeah. Get out. You don't even deserve to sit at this table. Yeah, you know I, I mean? agree. I agree. It's it's tough because, I mean, it, and I think it always goes down to uh, just the, the, what do you call it, the criteria, mm. you know, when it comes. Because for some people, it's it's looking at like DJ and thinking, oh, okay, how many defenses did he have? You know, how many of this? But it's tough to say because when you start going in like, all right, this guy won in this division. This guy won in this division. This guy left and put it on, you know, the world's greatest boxer for three rounds, you know. So, I mean, it's hard to kind of, uh, you know, it's hard to kind of take it away, but it just depends. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think it just depends on what glasses that you're wearing and what, you know, filter that you're putting it. But it's hard to deny the fact that, you know, in terms of, you know, you think of one of the greatest athletes in terms of impression and, and scope mm. and worldwide mm. fame, it's hard to argue that he is not one of the biggest stars that's ever been. These names still elicit a response, man. It was so funny. I thought we were done talking Mayweather McGregor, and as soon as it came out in the news, I was like, here we go again. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, man, you start talking about him, it's fun. All right, listen, uh, I've got one more thing I want to talk about. Uh, and it's not a small thing. It's kind of a big thing. So let's do this. Let's, uh, let's take a quick moment to reset. Uh, we don't have any interviews this week. Again, it's the holiday, so rather than – bore you with uh you know our interviews we'll just take a uh, brief pause while we reset and then we'll finish up with uh something that was a bit of a reader suggestion and then something that kind of kind of uh got hammered home by an email today and, and uh hopefully you guys will enjoy it all right a little bit of a brief break there to restart. You're still listening to the M.A. Road Show, John Morgan, cold coffee. Just, I like to call myself simple, John Morgan, simple. <laughs> J.K. Bruce Lee. I'm just Roy. a simple cold coffee. Just a, just, a, just, just a thorn in my side right now. Now I'm moving on. I'm moving on. All right, listen, uh, so this was something that came up from uh, our boy Zane, actually, down there in uh, in New Zealand, man. Uh, uh, Dananda. Uh, yeah. They don't, they don't uh, say that in New Zealand, do they? Yeah. Yeah, we do what we want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so awful. I don't think, A, they don't sell now, like that. Now, B, they don't Now Zane's not going to listen, eh? <laughs> I'm done with y'all. Yeah. But yeah. Zane had a good idea. He's like, can you guys do a best of 2017 this week and Oof. talk about, like, the best city you visited, the best show, the best fight? I mean, like, a lot of good stuff. And I'll say this. That's tough. Brilliant idea. The problem is, uh, holy crap, to, to digest a year's worth of stuff in a couple of days when you were busy, I was busy, we got holidays yeah. going on, it's tough. It's tough. So you know what? A, he's encouraging me to keep better notes moving forward so that That's at the true. end of 2018 we could do something along those lines. But yeah. So check this out. So he said that, and I was like, man, that is a brilliant idea. I like where he's coming from, right? But then just the sheer enormity of trying to pull that off, Yeah, I was like, this will, I will never I be able to do it when justice. You, when you said it like that, 
it made me think, like, oh, the best city. Like, me, you know my personal favorite. Tokyo. I, it's the same city I always say, yeah. Tokyo. That was crazy. I mean, it wasn't as fun not having you there. Um, and then even the UFC didn't travel as much staff as they normally did, too. So, I mean, trips now are different than what they were two, oh, three, totally four years ago. Um, so a lot of the time I was solo, you know, going through some of the same old haunts, eating – uh, the same incredible food, but, you know. By yourself. By yourself. About so when you're having that moment of trying to translate to a person, you're trying to, like, talk and get the food you want and not having that extra buddy to either help you do it or to laugh afterwards when you're like, God, did I just sound like a complete idiot yeah. like I think I did, you know, and not having. So it wasn't as fun, but still hands down, you know, I love going to Tokyo. So, you know, a, a, a trip this year, a city for sure, that was fun for me was definitely Tokyo. But, you know, that's an easy one for me because, you know, that's, that's like your my favorite. favorite. That's probably your favorite city on that's Earth. That's probably right? my favorite city on Earth. Besides, like, Italy or somewhere, which, unfortunately, UFC hasn't taken us there yet, I need to start covering Bellator more often. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's that's tough. This is a, it's a daunting task to try to look back and look at these things. So, yeah, maybe better notes. Next year when Bellator goes to Rome during International Fight Week, it's going to be the first gone. time ever that, like, yeah, the two I, Vegas guys are, I'm out. <laughs> We're, sorry, we're in uh, we're in Italy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny. You know, uh, speaking. I mean, Zane being from New Zealand, I do love Auckland. Uh, to yeah. me, it's something about a <laughs> something about <laughs> Auckland, man. It's just a cool little town, man. It's it's uh, it's not a big city, uh, but the, the scenery is definitely beautiful around there. Mighty Bush. Before I forget, Mighty Bush. Mighty Bush. The Mighty Bush. I think there was some New New Zealand guys, Jerome, and uh, you have to look it up. But there's like two New Zealand guys that were like. I forgot about Incredible. that. Yeah, the Mighty Bush. But all right, go all ahead. Right. <laughs> so I got an email today from American Airlines. This is crazy. I got this actually this morning. I've never gotten this from American Airlines. Uh, 2017, your year in review. Uh, they say the greatest gift you can give someone is your time, and we're grateful you've chosen to spend so much of yours with us in the skies. Here's a 30,000-foot view of our time together this year. Uh, I am very brand loyal to American Airlines. Uh, because they are pretty strong in taking care of me, so much so that from Vegas to Fresno, I actually connected through L.A. on the way uh, because I didn't want to take the direct Southwest Airlines flight. But check this out, Cold Coffee, my year. 253 hours in the sky. That's crazy. It's more than 10 days. Ten That's crazy. Full days. Five and a half times flown around the world. That's nuts. Five and a half times flown around the world. And it turns out that based on my miles flown, so I am simple. in the top 6% of all executive platinum Just members. Just a simple 6%. Just a viewer. simple 6%. <laughs> no, that's pretty crazy. That, that is crazy. crazy. I fucked up. I have to, I have to fix it before I, I go. we go further. I, I got my two of my favorite shows mixed up. It's Flight of the Concords that are the New Zealand guys. Oh. The Mighty Bush is they're, they're British I was guys. wondering. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? But the Mighty Bush is awesome. It's old school. It's not It's not anymore, but fly to the Concord. So think about this. A year ago, when you put 2017 in perspective, the first event of 2017, think about this. Phoenix, Arizona. Short trip for me and you. Just a quick little 45-minute flight out there. Yair Rodriguez, BJ Penn. Uh, I mean, certainly things didn't go that well yeah. that week, but I remember <laughs> – it's a fight of legend. The legend. He was fighting. That's where the birth of the legend was right there. <laughs> BJ Penn sitting down with him. And, and I mean, man, I, I, rem I remember doing the show and being like, bro, he's 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 selling me. I'm not saying I'm yeah. signing off, but he's selling me, believing that he could do this. And, of course, it didn't work out. But, I mean, 
God, it's so weird how that seems like just yesterday yeah. and also an eternity ago. It does, because yeah, now you say that I, because we used that setup in the. Did we use the UFC room that they weren't? We they did. got done with yep. their interview room, so we yep. end up taking their backdrops and borrowed some of the lights that the UFC production crew had finished. And I remember, yeah, that after we did that interview, I remember thinking, like, God, that was a great interview with BJ. That was probably one of the, the better ones we had did with him uh, in a long time because yep. he, was, he was very into it. God, that seems like so Isn't long. Isn't that crazy? It seems like just yes. Yeah. I mean, I can picture that was the, the room. The year, I can huh? picture the interview. Yeah. That was the first event of 2017. That same event, yeah. uh, remember Joe Lazan beat uh, Marching Held. And remember Joe Lazan came back backstage and yeah. he won. He won a split decision. And do you remember he walked back there and he's like, do you guys think I won? And we were like, no. And he's like, I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I thought that was so cool for yeah. Joe Lazon to be but like. Lazon's always been that uh, way, though, man. I mean, he's always been the guy that, you know, takes it on the sleeve, but also he, he's not uh, – he doesn't wear blinders. He understands, you know, that sometimes the, the, the judges roll in your favor and sometimes they don't. You know, he's taken some, some tough decision losses. But, man, that's, that's, that's a warrior for him. Uh, Lazon is – Definitely one of my favorite fighters, just for that, man. So I'll tell you, uh, so I, I was, so was kind of looking back. So, again, I was uh, going on the idea that Zane had. Like, I was like, man, we could build this whole show. And, and then we're going to have to keep better notes because this is a great this is a <laughs> well, great idea. we have idea. to start by taking notes. But we have to start by – yeah, when I say better <laughs> notes, I mean notes. Notes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to do that. Uh, but, okay, so, so I started looking through it. And then, uh, it, okay, um, a couple weeks later. Uh, UFC Fight Night 104, Bermudas versus Korean Zombie. I went and did that one by myself because it was Super Bowl week. Yeah. Uh, so it was so expensive down there. It just didn't make sense. And it wasn't that big of a card. But one of the interviews I did that week, Vulcan Ozdemir. Because it was one yeah. of the few people on there that were like, oh, this is kind of interesting, you know. And the launch of Vulcan Ozdemir. You know what I mean? Think about it. There was literally no media talking to this guy a year ago. There was yeah. I, I, I literally, He was not part of the media day. He was not part of anything. And I didn't really know that much about him, but I was like, well, I want to go, you know, talk to him and meet him and check him yeah. out. And we did an, an interview one-on-one at the, at the, you know, the media room. And, and now, look, man, a year later, he's challenging for the light heavyweight title. It's crazy. It's just, I mean, how things can change over, over the course of a year. So, you know, I started trying to do this because I thought Zane's idea was so good. And then I suddenly realized, like, this is impossible. I'm never going to be able to do task. this. It's a task. I mean, like, in, in, in small terms, like, if I just think of, okay – Favorite city or fun city, you know, right. I can go to go-to answers. But when you start breaking down favorite fights, you know, fighters that stand out for you, it's tough because, one, we do live in this big bubble. We do cover a lot of events. And, you know, unfortunately, the UFC doesn't make it easy and just do 13 events in a year, you know. Right. So then you can be like, it's oh, 40. I remember. It's 40. Yeah. I mean, it gets, I mean, it gets crazy to kind of remember it. And, uh, you know, uh Frosty beverages sometimes do cloud the memory. Probably. Cloud, cloud your judgment and what you remember from an event. And, uh, no, that is, I, I think that's a good task going forward. Maybe as a early uh, resolution for next year that maybe we'll do better of uh, trying to remember taking these some moments. notes and well, stuff. Well, you know what's funny? Is cause I mean, I it's a thing. Like, we remember them. You remember them because stories once bring the it up. Jogged. You know, something. Yeah, once something, you know, jogs the memory, you know, I mean. But I think about, like, the guys that we've identified. You know, we've been doing this We've been doing this podcast for almost 
three years now. Yeah. Man. That's crazy, man. And yeah. I think about, you know, haven't missed a week along the way. And the number of people, I mean, the people that we've kind of identified as our guy. I mean, you, me and you have a certain kind of a personality. We like certain things about people. But, you know, the, the, the Jason Knights of the world, the Derek Lewis's of the world, yeah. you know, the guys that we've been like, oh, that's, that's my guy. So I got to say this. Uh, so he asked, like, one of the best fighters you've seen. To me, I got to say this. As far as anybody that stood out to me this year that I'm really, really excited about, it's definitely Zabit Magomedsherbov. Like, that dude to me is legit. I think that dude is legit. And, and I think sometimes, like, we identify guys, but then we move on so quick that yeah. we don't stay on the, on, the, on the hype train a little bit. You know what I mean? We, we don't stick with them and, and, and keep – keep shouting their name and I think maybe we can do a better job because me and you are, are, are one of the only ones going to these smaller shows and and watching them you know watching the prelims from the very beginning and keep an eye on them and, and we could probably do a better better job of identifying people and sticking with them you know Paulo Bohashinia is a guy that yeah. you know I remember early on we were like oh that dude's legit Wait, who's, who's Bohashinia? I'm sorry Paulo Costa uh <laughs> we got away from him uh, see if you would have kept up on him you would recognize that it's not right Bohashinia <laughs> Sorry, I just I just dropped him off. But so I think that's for 2018. Maybe that's what we do. You know, when we identify Maybe. a guy, we're like, that's our guy. Then we got to we got to make sure keep, up. we got to keep shouting up. from the mountaintop. We got to well, keep that, shouting from. Yeah, the and maybe do like a follow up or come back and yeah, and just maybe maybe even quarterly. Because if yeah. we wait to the end of the year, that's a lot of shit to remember. True. Maybe if we do it like quarterly and just say like uh, road shows, uh, you know best of the quarter but with a better how about this year walt harris walt harris how fun was he this year man i love walt harris you know finding out he's a junkie guy and and his interviews another guy that we've been high on for a long time that it's tough because we can't do like english to english interviews lee jingling yeah we've been so high on lee jingling and he had a great performance in shanghai that was fun eric spicely how about a guy like eric spicely who I think is one of the funniest guys out there who has no problem busting our balls for not saying hi to him in a, in a steakhouse. Yeah. You know what I mean? He just <laughs> he has fun. You know, we mentioned the Jason Knights, the Francis Ngannou. Yeah. You know, so, you know Francis Ngannou was a guy. Me and you were like that guy, right? Yeah. But, you know, Nico Price, another guy. You know what yeah. I mean? That's just been like on that list. So I don't know. I mean, was, we said a lot of names, but I mean, any yeah. any name to you this year that you were like, ah oh, man, that you know we had a great interview with them, or I remember having a good interaction with them, or. Or, or any anyone that stood out to you? I don't know. I mean, it's tough because, uh, you know, when you, you said that to me earlier and, and we talked briefly about it, it it's like there's some moments that just kind of they come and they go, you know, and you, it just whatever, you know, brings it back in the front. And uh, a name that came up earlier, uh, and, it, and I think it was because you, you jarred my memory thinking about different events and I thought about Singapore and the crazy run that we had mm-hmm. there that you were on, like, at that point, your second leg of your trip, and that was my first leg, or no, that was the second leg after the Auckland trip. So that yeah, was we your were third finishing up. I was on the fourth leg. Yeah, fourth leg or yep. whatever. Um, uh, I think sometimes with when it comes to these fights, it's the saga, it's it's the the ups and the downs, you know. And, and some points in, along the ride, you you hop on for the ride for a little bit as their career has these ebbs and these flows and stuff, and. Uh, for some reason, Justin Scoggins popped mm. in my head, you know, and I was thinking about, you know, when we saw him last year, you know, he was so excited to fight, you know, and I remember because uh, he had chatted with us and I was like, okay, I'm really, really excited for this fight, you know. He says his weight's on point and everything's good. And, and when he failed to make weight, and I remember seeing the look on his face and the look on his girlfriend's face because we had interviewed him earlier it was it was i felt very bad for him and it was like painful to watch and then going into the singapore event 
was going to see him fight again and all this other stuff. And it was just like one of these guys that just stood out to me that uh, – His energy was high that His week. energy was so high. Man, it seemed and, like he was in such a positive place. Yeah, and it just like hooked you, you know. So it's so tough because it's hard for me to, to really just pick a fighter and say, okay, this is my go-to guy because, you know, we have the guys like – I think you've named off – an incredible list but of guys. But we've seen that journey, man. I mean, you Justin know. was nice enough last year when he missed weight. You know, the Ian McCall situation, he invited us up to his hotel That's room. another person that you know I feel like. I mean? No, no, I'm saying Justin. Crazy. Well, yeah. Ian McCall. Yeah. But I'm the, saying before Ian, but Justin Scoggins, remember, yeah. he invited us up in his hotel room and all that. Yeah. And then and then it was like a completely different guy in, in, uh, in Singapore. But yeah. you're right, Ian McCall is a totally different guy. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, that's. But that's why I'm like, it's tough. It's tough to just like pick a fighter. So, I mean, like. Because I could almost now we could segue into Ian McCall and the ride that he's been on and the stuff that this is a guy that, you know, after, you know, he I want to say that was this year, invited us out to where they were out working on trying to cut weight out on the streets. Yeah. You know, there's so many guys where it's just like they, they let us into their lives and, and, and it's these moments that, you know, you you get hooked into the ride of what is going on for them you know they they let you behind the curtain a little bit a lot of these guys they're they're so damn tough and i mean you know us i think a lot of times as journalists which you know me i don't even like to consider myself as a journalist for that you know uh they they let you behind the wall a little bit to, to see the, the they let their guard down and they become human you know and they stop trying to just talk shit to earn a fight and they stop trying to just you know be the baddest plant man on the planet and they just become men or women showing themselves you know and justin did that a couple times and then seeing that and then seeing the reaction i remember just leaving uh, uh just just stands out in my head you know it's not yeah. like i can look and say oh okay you know God, he went on a crazy run and he just nah, destroyed just eight seen dudes, the, you know. We've seen the road course and in Singapore he fought Oka Sasaki and, and his energy was so high and we were like, this dude's on point. Yeah, and, and then, then to have such out. a fall, yeah. you know. And and uh, and then I felt myself felt like I went down with him mm-hmm. because, you know, you know, and, and I mean, I, I'm just as happy that Sasaki got the win or whatever. I'm happy for him as well. But, you know, that's why I said I think sometimes, you know, and, and we noticed the same thing when I when I brought up uh, Robert earlier, the humanity of people. It's You could try to be as unbiased or whatever, but at some point it seeps in through the cracks. And I think the best part that we could try to do is stay somewhat, you know, differential. But, you know, you do address these people, the fact that they are human, and it's hard to not get caught up in them. And when you see so many fighters uh, – there's so many stories, and I threw Justin. I mean, but there could be 30 other guys that I could wow. substitute their names in there. That's and why it's I love the sport to me, right. man. It's not just the X's and O's. It's not just the breakdown. It's it's yeah. the human journey. I mean, think man. about Cub Swanson this year. Oh, my Cub had yeah. a kid, you know, and, and I mean, like his life's been crazy. I mean, like there's so many guys, that, you know, that that just I mean, and as you something like you said triggers or jogs the memory. There's there's a ton of guys. That if we probably just put at that as our main focus and we had time to like really do it, um, I mean, dude, I mean, you know, I was thinking earlier in the year, but Ortega, my week in, in oh, Fresno with Ortega cat, was man. amazing. I mean, we've seen him grow, you know, we've seen him rise up the ranks, yeah. and, you know, man, just that's just a sign. See, they should deal with the junkie and they should deal with the roadshow right from the get go, and within a year. They might be, uh, you know, <laughs> going for the title. <laughs> you know, you you touched on some earlier, and this was this was off air right before we started uh, f- wrapping up here. But uh, 
you mentioned it, and I and I gotta say, I think I'm as big of a fan as you are. The Contender Series. Yeah. The Contender Series was fun, man. I, I, Very I, I don't know. I you know obviously it's funny because we've literally been at every single Contender Series event, so I've never watched one only on Fight Pass. So I don't know if it necessarily comes across the same way. Yeah. I love that shit. Well, it sucks because I guess we miss there. like the Snoop. We don't get the Snoop feel. We don't that. get the Snoop. If somebody's cast. watching it on the line, you probably got even better because of the whole Snoop. Well, that, that just reminded me. Remind me of Snoop shit. That that'll be another story that's memorable from this year about the podcast getting in trouble for mentioning Snoop. That's that's memorable. Well, that was memorable. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We we uh, we got in trouble. Yeah, for that. but but I mean, yeah, I mean the Contender Series. I mean, like that was crazy. So I mean, because we've seen other little stuff, but like. The fact that the Contender Series was a home game for us and being able to go over to the uh, the tough gym, which almost even now feels like you wonder if, if that's going to be there forever because I think there was talks about them mm. getting rid of that. And and I think there was – you know, that started sending thoughts of, like, all the fights that took place there, all the memories that took place there. So to see this Contender Series sort of sprout up there and be able to go back to the tough gym – because without that, there's no real reason, especially as a non-employee of the UFC, for me to ever go back nah. into those doors anymore. But to go there and see these fights, you know, very, very little media turn out. Pretty much it's just people that live here in Vegas see the families and the teams of these fighters to be right there on bleachers sitting in front. It's not just like the ultimate fighter where it's just the teams, you know? So you're getting to see actual real emotions from the fans that are watching the fights. It's quiet. It's just very, just got a a total different feel, but I loved it. And I mean, and it just, it it stands out to me as one of those things that uh, just so unique that we're lucky enough being here in Vegas that we actually got to see it. That was cool. But again, yeah, we're, you're right. I mean, we, we didn't get to watch it on TV. I don't know how Snoop sounded on the thing to hear all that, to hear the commentary. I know how he sounded on the video game. Yeah, he sounded awesome <laughs> on the video game, y'all. I hope they keep it. Where Sorry, EA, we love you. Uh, you know, it's and, been, and we got in trouble for yeah, talking about it. we did get in trouble it. that. It's been fun to see uh, those guys think seriously. Sean O'Malley, uh, Julian Marquez, Benito Sean Lopez. Sean O'Malley! Sean O'Malley! 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 That was so ridiculous that they <laughs> told us that we, we literally broke. We didn't even really break. Didn't even break news. We I mean, if you if you're this is the first episode you ever heard and you didn't know the story, but we did a shoot. Uh, there was a EA Sports release, and Demetrius Johnson and those cats were there. And there was about the new cover and the new EA three mm-hmm. game. Yes, three, yeah. And uh, so we were embargo. We had to like couldn't put all these interview stuff. We weren't allowed to shoot the promotion, the uh, presentation. But we were allowed to wait and play the video game, and they wanted people to just to talk about their experiences. So we talked about our experience. And in talking about the experience. Part of our experience part of our somebody experience. changing modes, yeah. which we were told so, not yeah. to. But so, well, how they spend it, they were like, play in this, whatever, I forget what the mode was called. You know what, the you're versus, right, because the you know knockout they, if, they, mode. if they said, they were said play in the, in, the, in the instant mode or whatever. And they said, you know, we really don't want you changing modes because those aren't fully developed. Yeah, they yet. made it sound like it was a beta. Yeah, or yeah, like they were like, like don't, ch- you know, we don't want you to change modes because you won't get the full experience. Yeah. So us being us, or me, or whoever that was whoever that sounded was. just like me or looked just like me, uh, I switched to the knockout mode. And when we put it to the knockout mode, lo and behold. It was Snoop Dogg commenting on the fight, and it was hilarious. It was amazing. And it made the game so awesome. So us being us, 
we talked about it. We thought it was absolutely incredible. And then we, lo and, lo and behold, the next day found out that they that, were trying to that they, they find people. Yeah, they got pissed off and were, you know, called the UFC and said that we broke the embargo and, you know, let out all this shit, blah, blah, blah. So uh, that was memorable. Yeah. That's never happened. That was memorable. That was, yeah, that's a first. All right, well, listen, since we're taking a trip <laughs> down memory lane, I will, I will tell you, uh, well, I've had a couple travel stories this year, um, some that I probably won't tell since I know my mom is listening. But uh, I'll tell you one that uh, is kind of fun. From Fortaleza, Brazil, let's, let's set the tone. It's, it's early March. It's the week of Kelvin Gaslam versus Vitor Belfort in Fortaleza. And, uh, you know, chilling down in Brazil. I'm hanging out with a, a, a buddy that night. And uh, we're, we're at the host hotel, and it turns out that everybody is going to a club. We've already had a couple drinks or whatever, and we're like, hey, <laughs> I'm not going to the club. We've been there. We've done that. Like, you go to the club, you know, there's too many people. Not everybody can get in. You stand in line, whatever. Let's just, let's just stay here. Let's, let's do the right thing, and let's just keep drinking on the beach. All right, cool. Let's just keep drinking on the beach. So we walk across the street to where there's this kiosk where if you've ever been to a Brazilian beach, it's awesome, man. they got these kiosks that are, you know, just a small little place, a couple little plastic oh, chairs, best. couple little plastic tables. The beers are cold. Got the ocean. Oh, they're open 24-7. You know what I mean? It's Life is good. You can't beat it. Cheap beer, ocean breeze, the, you know, the, the you can hear the waves rolling in. But the buddy that I'm with, and I won't reveal his name because he can tell the story if he ever wants to, but he was with me at the time. He's like, no, I don't want to go to this place because I was here last night and I tried to pay with a credit card, and they wouldn't let me, and they let somebody else pay with a credit card. So obviously the owner has a problem with me, or he's you know, a jerk to me, like, let's go somewhere else. He's like, let's go down the street. And I was like, bro, I was, I was told we're not supposed to go down the street, man. Like, I was told, like, that area over there is super shady. And he was like, well, come on, I mean, how shady could it be, dude? I mean, we've been in Brazil a lot. Uh, and, again, this was, I think, my 28th or 29th trip to Brazil. Like, yeah, we have been to Brazil a lot. We've been in some situations. So I was like, yeah, you're right, man. What are we going to see that we haven't seen before? Like, eh, normal. Yeah, it's normal. Let's go. So we walked down the beach a little bit, you know, and, and, and we're not seeing anything. We're like, oh, what's over here? What's over here? So finally, after a little bit of a, a jaunt down the street, we walk up and we look over and we're looking at the beach side of the street. And there's some trees. And, and when you look back among the trees, there's a little bit of path. you got to walk a little bit to get there. But we can see some people milling about, right? I mean, there's a couple people moving around. Looks like maybe some umbrellas. We're like, looks like a bar is open. So we walk in there, and we're like, hey, you guys open? And everybody's just like, what? Like, nobody speaks English here. And we're like, ah, oh, open? They're like, yeah, yeah, sit down, sit down, sit down. So we sit down at this table. Right away, a girl walks up. And this girl is, is, you know, 40s or more, um, not really in the best of shape, not really – I mean, she's a little bit rough, a little bit rough, right? But she's, but she's wearing kind of a halter top and like a, like a mini skirt. Like she's dressed up but not, not, not looking too great. But whatever, we don't judge. We're just there to get a frosty beverage, right? Frosty we're just, beverage. We're just talking to get a frosty beverage. So she, sits, so she comes up to the table, and she's like, uh, in Portuguese, and, and I don't speak any Portuguese, but in Portuguese, I speak a little bit of Spanish, and I can kind of hear her, uh, you know, kind of make out what she's saying. It's basically like, you know, what do you need? I mean, you know, when a server walks up to you, what are they, what are they asking you? So we're like, uh, 
Un cerveza grande, original, uh, douche. You know, okay, cool. So they bring us, they bring us some beers, right? And then in broken Portuguese, well, my broken Spanish, her nice Portuguese broken English, she drops off the beer and she's like, okay, you know, beer here. She's like, and again, this is not sounding exactly the way, but I'm not going to try to do the voice. But she says, okay, here's your beer. What else do you need? We're like, no, we're good right now. She's like, what else do you need? She's like, drugs, sex, women, what do you need? And we're like, uh, <laughs> just the beer, bro. We're, we're, we're good with the beer. We're good with the beer. And she's like, all right. So she leaves. And, and she's very, like, you know, handsy and trying to tell. She's like, dude, get like very close up and try to force. And I'm like, ah, we're good. We're good. All right. So she leaves. So we start drinking our beer a little bit, and then, I mean, a couple minutes later, she walks up, and she's, like, still talking. How are you doing? Trying to make small talk, trying to make conversation. We're like, we don't want to talk to you. We're here because we didn't want to go to the club. We want to talk. We want to drink beer. We're just shooting the shit, hanging out, having a good time. She's like, what do you need? Drugs, sex, women, what you need? You know, it's just like, what? Like, <laughs> no, I don't need anything. What What is going on, right? So she leaves again, and we're like, Maybe we just need to get out of here. Like, so we're about, you know what, man? Let's just bail. And as we're about to bail, another girl walks up. And she's like, hey, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for her. She's a little bit crazy. She's a little bit aggressive. Are you, I'll take care of you instead. And we're like, oh, thank you. Thank you so much, right? You'll take care of us. Cool. So she's good. She's like, all right. So now we're here. So we're sitting outside. You know, there's trees everywhere. The beach is just off to the side. You know, we're, we're hanging out, enjoying it. Now, now, we do look around. Now, I will say this. There's this one, like, super hot-ass chick, like, just super smoking hot, that is, you know, kind of wandering around and moving around a little bit. And she's going back and forth from table to table. And I'm like, all right, well, that looks kind of weird. Like, I don't really understand what exactly is going on here with this one really super hot chick that keeps going from table to table but all right all right you know this is weird i mean we're, we're, we're soaking in the scene we came for a scene we have a scene so we're hanging out drinking the beer a little bit more and then this other girl who is coming to take care of us now she was like hey so glad you decided to say um are you guys doing okay we're like you know what we'll take another beer she's like cool i got you walks over gives us another beer brings down the 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 douche originals that was terrible. Why did I, I roll it like a spit? Douche Originals, uh, one liter original beers that are like $2. They're amazing, ice cold, the way they serve them. Fantastic, right? So she brings them down. She drops them off to us. You know, cool. Thank you very much. We, we're so glad that you're taking care of us now. She's like, no, no problem. Then she, a few minutes later, she comes back. She's like, all right, cool. What else do you need? Drugs, sex. Women, I'm like, are you serious? Like, how now are, 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 are you doing the same thing, offering us drugs, sex, women? I thought you were the, the cool girl that was going to be the less aggressive girl that was going to give us the place that we can hang out, that we can just relax and chill. And now you're saying drugs, sex, women, what do you need? <laughs> so that's all right. So that happens. And then now I start looking around. I start going the fuck is going on in here anyway dude like why does everybody walk up offering us drug sex women <laughs> that doesn't normally happen yeah i mean <laughs> you know as, as much as you would think the roadshow crew would get offered drug sex women wherever we go 
So I start looking around, right, and I start paying attention, and there's only like five or six tables where the dude's hanging out or whatever, uh, and I should w mention it was all dudes. And I notice as I start to look around a little bit, and my friend kind of knows the same thing, as I look around, these girls that are waiting the tables, when they go get our beers, they walk up to the bar, and instead of just getting a drink, they pay for the pay drink. Pay for it. They pay for the drink. So I'm like, oh, what the fuck? All right, so – she comes back uh, again. This new, younger, nicer lady. She comes back and, and 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 she's checking on us again. She's less aggressive, but nonetheless trying to do her job of offering us drugs, sex, women. <laughs> and and uh, I'm like, hey, let me ask you a question. And and I didn't. Again, I don't speak Portuguese, so I just I went full Spanish at this point. I said. Uh, Orita, you, you can a pregunta. Uh, no, no, you take a pregunta. You take a pregunta. Uh, tu aqui? And with her understanding Portuguese, she was like, no. I, I, so I'm saying, do you work here? And she's like, no, I don't work here. And I'm like, ella. And I pointed to the other lady. And I'm like, ella trabajas aqui? And she was like, no, she doesn't work here either. And I'm like, quien trabajas aqui? Quien trabajas aqui? And, and, and basically... Again, in her broken Portuguese and English, my well, her Portuguese is fine. You know, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> she says, uh, I, I gather at this point, no, listen, the bartenders here, they own the bars, just like all the kiosks. Like the, the, the guys serving the bar, they own it. But there's a business operating inside the business, right? And I start to look around, and the, the one hot chick that has been going, now I suddenly realize the hot chick is – is escorting dudes out to the beach and hanging there for about eh, <laughs> seven to nine minutes. That's it. And then coming back. And then heading back out to the beach again with another guy. And I'm like, holy shit, we're in a brothel right now. I was like, <laughs> we're in an outdoor brothel right now. And, okay, so I'm like, you know what? We should probably get out of here, right? We should probably just leave. And I had some cash in my pocket. Now, pro tip, if you're ever traveling, make sure – especially if you think you might end up in a sketchy situation like we did, make sure that you always have a little bit of cash in one pocket and any other cash you have in your other pocket. Like, don't ever be in a situation where you need to pull out your wallet because yeah. you don't want to pull out your whole wallet. And don't ever be in a situation where you need to pull out your whole wad of cash, however much that yeah. is. So always make sure you got a little bit of walk-around money in one pocket. So in my head, I'm calculating up what I think we should owe. And, uh, and I realized that the bill that I have is a little too large because beers are pretty cheap down there. So I'm like, we probably need to get out of here. But I realized if I drop the bill I have and we walk out, I'm like, that would leave way too much money left over. So my dumb ass is like, we'll take one more round and then we'll leave, right? So I order one more round. And then once I order the, the one more round, then the original girl comes up, right? Now she's being super aggressive. Like, oh, you're trying to pay and leave. Like, oh, you need drugs, sex women, you need drugs, sex women. And she's starting to be really aggressive. And I'm like, I screwed up. I know we would have left too much money on the table, but I was being too damn, like, I was worried about, you know me, I worry about my frosty beverage. I worry about my frosty. So I was like, <laughs> why is this woman bothering? Like, she would not leave our table side, would not leave our table side. And, and I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, we're, all right, like, here we are. You can't see the street from where we are because of the trees and the, and, the, and the bush and everything that's hanging over. I'm like, the bush. You can't see everything. So I'm like, it's, I'm like you might have saw the bush. You might have saw the bush. Like, there's one little path to get out. And I'm like, dude, 
how the fuck do we get out of here? Like, I screwed up. Like, we, I should have left when the nicer girl was taking care of us, not the crazy aggressive girl was taking yep. care of us. And now she knows that we know what's going on here. She knows that we're not down for what's going on. I mean, not to say that I'm not down with a brothel, but I wasn't down for this particular outdoor brothel at this particular yeah. time. So you're, I, you're a much more indoor brothel. Guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need a little <laughs> more upscale than that. So I'm like, you know, we got to get out of here. Um, and, I, and so I started thinking, like, dude, what if we just bounce? Like, what's going to happen? So – Finally, we were like, listen, we got to get out of here. And it was it just the vibe. The vibe was not good. You know how sometimes, like, you just feel something, you're like, man, the energy's not good. It's yeah. not good. So, finally, I'm like, dude, we got to get out of here. We're like, we'll take a check. We'll take a check. Just drop the money off. And then, uh, so, we're like, we got to leave. We're going to walk out. And the one girl, the, the original, the old crazy lady was like, hey, you can't walk down there. Like, you walked in here at this time. She was like, I can't even believe you walked down here to begin with. Which, again, we've been told don't walk down there. She's like, I can't even believe you walked down here to begin with. She's like, and look where you ended up. And I'm like, yeah, you're right, you're right. She's like, you can't go you, you can't go back the other way. You can't go back the other way. She's like, it's later now than when you got here. She's like, it's not going to be good. Like, that is not dangerous. Like, it's not safe. It's super dangerous. So I'll tell you what. I'll put – like, you need to get a cab. You need to take a cab home. And I was like, uh – we don't have any money for a cab. And she was like, because I, I didn't want, it just didn't feel right. Like, wait, wait, I'm going to jump into a cab that's hanging outside this obviously sketchy outdoor brothel. Yeah, right? Like, <laughs> nah, I'm good. Like, I'll walk. And she's like, well, I'll tell you what. It's so unsafe. I will pay for that cab for you. She's like, I will pay for it out of my pocket. You wouldn't have to worry about it. I will pay for, the, pay for the cab. And it's funny because at the time I was like, man, maybe she's right. Like, we should probably jump in a cab. And, like, she's willing to pay for it. Fortunately, the gentleman that was with me, uh, who was much more sound of mind at that point, was like, bro. He's like, that's when we get ghosted. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, jump into the cab that the whore is paying for over here. He's like, are you serious? What is wrong with you? And I'm like, yeah, you're totally right. Like, we should just walk home, right? And he's like, yeah, we walk home. And I was like, all right, peace, we're out. So we walked down, and it was it was not sketchy at all, no. dude. Like, no, dude, it was it was like it was safer than when we walked down. Because we'd already been there, now we already felt safe. Yeah. We walked back. We went to the original bar where we never should have left to begin with, and we kept drinking. So <laughs> that was my uh, – that she was made my a hard sell. But, yeah, when you think about it, because that's some dangerous. Because they try to play to your – Oh, yeah, trust me, it's not safe. They try to play on all the exactly. fears. I mean, like, let's be real. Like, some areas are dangerous. And, and, like, you know, both of us have been there. You've been there a lot more times than me. I mean, it's not as bad as a lot of people make it out. But it is possibly as bad as anybody has ever made it out to. Because I remember walking through streets and walking through areas where I've been with Brazilians. And they just be like, let's – kind of quiet down a little bit and can we yeah, or just like can we, can we, can we yeah. maybe not speak english right here and when you have brazilian saying that to you that's legit mm -hmm. you know so i mean there are a lot of areas i've been tailed a couple times in rio and different other little places when you notice you know you have that little sixth sense go off in your head and you're like oh well, i'm gonna cross the street let's see if they follow and they do follow you and you're like okay okay shit's real i'm like stuff can't happen so lucky in this situation Everything worked out great, you know. I mean, it sucks that, you know, more than likely, yeah, if you did probably go in that taxi, I'd probably be traveling a lot more because <laughs> I'd be the only guy of the road show. Uh, but that being said, yeah, uh, road show I'm glad it – With cold coffee <laughs> and only cold coffee. It'd be the worst show ever. That's why I say no. 
these these coffee no cream shows is a bad <laughs> idea. Sketchy outdoor brothel in Fort Delaysa, definitely one of my memorable. <laughs> but that's memorable. We've had some good brothel memories. Some- well, at least I have had. <laughs> Well, we're just most, out there. Yeah, I was going to say, most of them never All right, well. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for listening. Singapore was good. <laughs> From a totally different story. Anyway, uh, yeah, listen. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. No, we can't end there. <laughs> I'm sure we had something else to talk nope, about. Nope, that's all I got. Listen, Is it really? Uh, that's all I got. It's well, we got to talk about t- what's, what's happening next week. People what are, are we tired of this. Week? Come on, man. They're like, that's true. That's it. true. But hey, So next week's they'll find us. We're doing the UFC. UFC 219. 219. Here's what's fun. You're, you know what? I will say this. Something to look out for next week. Uh, so first of all, the card's going to be good, but uh, pretty cool. I mean, I'm, and I'm actually pretty excited about this. Uh, our European boys, uh, Abby Subban yeah. and Shamat, Shamat Karsandu, will both be here, but, but they're working for, for different else. outlets. And, yeah. and I think that's so good. I mean – uh, look, MMA jobs are hard to come by, right? And yeah. those guys have worked, you know, part time for us over the years, and and they're st- and, and both of them are still contributing and and, and 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 doing stuff for us. So I'm not trying to say that they're gone, but th- the thing is, I mean, the path. I mean, our staff is our staff. The path yeah. up isn't long term. It may be there. I mean, at some point, I think Dan Stuff will probably retire. You know what I mean? At some point. Things will change. But twenty years down the oh, line, no, he ain't making it twenty years. <laughs> he's 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 gonna get married. And be he done made with a it. nice chunk of cash, and he's and he's dating a nice girl right now. It's it's not gonna be twenty years. But you know, the little things like that will change along the way. But at the end of the day, it's hard, man. There's not a lot of full time jobs in this in this gig. So uh, I'm super happy, like to know that, that that we could help give somebody a platform to help you know. Help them to grow. grow their brand, to help them. We gave them the platform, pra- but they did the work. Exactly, help them practice their yeah. craft. Like they could refine sure. their craft, they could do, all, and then now they can get hired by somewhere else. Um, Abby Subban is working for the Mac Life, uh, just for this event. Just for this event, yeah, yeah. not not for every event. He's going to be doing, uh, you know, this event, and it looks like there's some 2018 plans, but yeah, I won't. Hopefully, so. I won't tip their cards. But uh, and then Shamak Karsendu is working for MMA India. Of course, he has Indian heritage there, yeah. and that's always Wait. been a passion of him. Really. Just to, I know, shocker, to grow the sport uh, there. So it'll be cool. Like, So our crew will be with us. So maybe um, maybe next Thursday night, you know what I mean? We'll have a little bit of the European crew. Yeah, we'll one, have a little bit boomer, of uh, – Because they came here for that one time, or yeah. at least uh, Sandu. Yep. Abby wasn't here for that, was he? No, I don't think he's been to Vegas. No, that's right. He's so excited to go to BW3s mm. or B-dubs. Yeah, son. <laughs> We've corrupted him. When people come to the States and they, all they want to do is hit – Buffalo Wild Wings. Well, that's the thing. It's just like when people go to Europe for the first time, I'm like, we have to go to Nando's because we heard it's amazing. <laughs> we're like, eh. Listen, we love it. We love it. But <laughs> we're, ca- we're simple. We're, we're we are simple. simple, folks. We're simple. we're simple. I like how you double, you, you brought it back to mm-hmm. that. You brought it back. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to next week. I mean, holy cow, that's going to be a, a, a fun, fun fight card. And, uh, yeah, that should be, <laughs> should be a lot of fun. And, unfortunately, it will be the last – taping of the road show here at the boomers and hopefully by that point we'll have a an idea of maybe where we're going to go after that or we'll figure something out you know we can always go back to the old casa de cold coffee Ca- casa de frio frio or we could go cafe. to my house <sighs> i've been traveling up here to your side of the town cold People coffee won't, rah, rah. won't even drive 20 minutes it's folks if my car would break down up there i would never be found again <laughs> <laughs> so ridiculous. As you as you're like five minutes from UFC headquarters, why would anybody know what's but around nobody there? Know, I mean, nobody can even find the UFC headquarters in the new location. It's so top secret. <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> so yeah, we're looking forward to that for next week. But, All right. Uh, so yeah. that's what's up. 
<laughs> Sorry we didn't have any interviews this week. Hopefully it's been enjoyable nonetheless. We're we'll just simple folks. we just simple folks. That's all we do. Log in. Give us five stars until I got to fuck off. Thanks for listening. Thank you.